Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I need Jason to help me with something, though. Another non-serious conversation? No. It's this very serious. Okay. But I, I need to know because you're – I need your help. Why are there constantly people in my mention saying that we're better without Darius Garland here? Because he's not playing well. All right. I understand that. But are we not – are we – like, when people look at Max Struess – Everybody's making every excuse in the book for Max Struess. Now, part of it is because I work with a guy who gets into it one-on-one with everybody over Max Struess, mostly. And so I think they're trying to find every little nook and cranny they can to be right with Anthony over Max Struess. And so, like, I I see Max Struess, it's like, well, yeah, the offense is actually better with him on the floor, and all that stuff makes sense, by the way. He had a nice two-point game last night. Um, But with, like, Darius Garland, I can't say the same thing about Darius Garland. I can't say any of that stuff. The... Honestly, the difference between the two of them right now is the best five-man lineups. Almost all of them include Struess, and they don't include Darius. So if, if you want to go off that, that's why people are probably saying that. But it's also a little short-sighted because you don't remember that, I mean, last year, Donovan averaged 28 and Darius averaged 21. So it's not like there's no evidence that I'm they can't. I'm not saying he's not having a rough season. I, I'm well, not making is. a defense. Yeah, I mean, he, he was is. injured, but, but even saying, before he had the turnovers. Last year they played well together. Last year they played fine together. So what's been the problem this year other than the injuries and being off schedule? I think the injuries had a lot to do with it. And you had another scorer type in Struess where Isaac was not that in the starting lineup this year. And he's just it's just a down year. Jason, Jason Lloyd in for Tone Master General. But like, like last night, I put out there at 6 o'clock, I said, hey, the Cavs are not better without Darius Garland. Which some people just, it would, he, well, nice double negative. Like, okay, I'm, I'm glad all the English teachers follow me out here. But I said they're not better without Darius Garland. I had a lot of pushback on that. It's, it, again, I would go back to last year. I mean, he averaged almost 22 points and eight assists last year. So do you, this team. so you would agree with me then? Yeah, you're better with so, Darius. So, I mean, is there any, because today's the trade deadline. Is yeah. there any? No, zero, none, zilch. Because I, I had a lot, well, if we can get better, I go, who are we going to get better You're with? You're not going to get better. And you like, can't name me a name and, we'd realistically get better with. And here's the other, and I know we'll get into, like, the, the Simmons thing, but, like, the, the, the bigger point with Darius right now, he's a $35 million point guard who's had a lot of injuries. Like, what do you, it, he's more valuable to this team than what you're going to get back. I don't want to say he doesn't have value because that does, makes it sound like he's not a good player. Yeah. He's a very good player. But on the trade market, what are you going to get in a league that is loaded with excellent point guards for a dude making $35 million who's hurt all the time? And that's who, that's Darius. He's always got battling something. He's undersized. He's always got something. I don't know. I You're don't know. You're better off keeping him. That's the only thing. I, you know, some people said a couple of names, and I'm just going, guys, I, it, this is just unrealistic it's, conversation. It's, it's because they played so well when he was out and Donovan running things. 
And oh, that's fine. Well, they, well, obviously, listen, they're both ball-dominant guys. I mean, I don't need to tell you any of this. I guess, I, I guess it's you and me talking to the broader everybody driving around right now in the morning. They're both ball-dominant guys. So you had a situation where when Darius first got here, it was like, well, he needs to bring the ball up, not Colin Sexton. Okay, well, then they got rid of Colin Sexton for Donovan Mitchell. Well, things change because I think Donovan Mitchell might be a ball-dominant guy, obviously. So then it's the conversation, okay, well, who brings the ball up? Should it be Donovan Mitchell and should Darius Garland play off or should Donovan Mitchell play off and should Darius Garland start with the ball in his hand? Like, this is the same conversation we've had for two two years. Yeah, but... The, or a year and a half now. I mean, there's no comparison between Colin Sexton and Donovan Mitchell in terms no. of which one's a better player. No. And the Cavs are adamant, going back to the Sexton days, that Darius is comfortable playing in an off-ball role. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hand. Is he? Or is that something they tell us? I, I think they should probably put the ball in his hands and just let him run things. I know it's been great with Donovan, but again... You're not playing for the regular season. You're playing for April, May, and June. Did last year not teach you anything? Well, this is where, you know, I we got we really got bogged down because we were taking personal shots at each other. But when it comes to the Evan Mobley thing, I'm like, well, it's either you go all in or you don't go at all. Because it's like, all right, if you want him to shoot threes, I say shoot a bunch of threes, let him find his spot on the floor. But I'm but, not trying to re I'm not trying to redo that. I know you disagree. But that's not the idea either. But that's not the idea. Because I understand that's, because that's not how you're trying to play winning basketball. But but what? Well, I'm just trying to for, to see if he it, as many shots as he can. At some point, he's going to find a spot on the floor he likes. And can we put him in it. that spot? You talk about Evan Mobley. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm just bringing that up for a, for a, a secondary point. Like whether or not we agree, we just agree to disagree on that, and that's fine. Even though it's. It, varying even degrees. The, even though he's the second leading three-point percentage shooter on the Cavs now. So, anywho, well, I mean, if you, you you only can take so many. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, if a wide receiver throws a touchdown pass, I guess he's your highest-rated passer. Is that how that goes? I mean, he's the okay. second three-point percentage leader. Okay. All right. But it's only against bad teams, so it doesn't count. I mean, again, I didn't want to. I didn't want to re- go, go over it. Continue. I didn't want to do Continue. the case all over again. Continue. Well, you, now you're making me want to do it well, all over again. Well, because you got a losing case. That's why you don't want to. It's not a losing case. case because you said that they were all you the same already... size hoops, and you said they were all the same diameter, and then you said playing in San Antonio is clearly like playing in the Boston oh, Garden. Oh my God! No, no, this is what you do when you lose an argument. Then you try and twist things that weren't actually said. You know exactly. what I, I didn't was lose talking anything. About. I didn't twist anything. Okay. I I twisted nothing. Double Jeopardy, I already cooked your ass once. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, you did not. Yeah, I did. Uh, there were plenty of people who agreed with me, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't care I don't care if the world agrees with you. I know I'm right about that. No, you're not. But continue. Continue. Let's, uh, not, let's not relitigate it. I'm, I'm sure uh, Ben Roethlisberger, when he played the Cleveland Browns, oh, you know, it's the same in every stadium. No, he's like, oh, we got the Browns this week. Yeah. And it's the same thing with San Antonio right now. Whatever you say about Wemby. Okay. We had Joe Hayden and we had Joe Thomas, and we still got smoked. Okay. Anyway... I'm finished with that part because it's the greater point of if you wanted, if you, if you wanted Evan Mobley, the reason you wanted Evan Mobley to shoot more threes was why to get ready for the postseason to get him comfortable doing it for the postseason. There you go. And to continue to play this one and four out style. Yes. There you go. And wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want Darius Garland to try bringing the ball up to get ready for the postseason? Yes. I think I think Don is I, I think Don is equally comfortable with the ball in or out of his hands and I Oh think you got you call him Don? Donovan. We've never called him Don on the show. Everybody so calls I, him Don. But Donovan. Donovan's fine. Donovan's fine. Donovan's fine. 
I'll call him Donovan. Thank you. Donovan. I'll call him Donovan. You sound like, you sound like when Michael Wilbon calls Magic Johnson Irving. Or Irvin. <laughs> Irving. Irvin. Like, come on. All right, Donovan. Call him by the name everybody knows him by. I, I, I think to get to jumpstart Darius, it's not a bad thing to put the ball in his hands and just let him run the offense. I don't think it'd be a bad thing. Pointing that out. I think it's, I think it's a fine idea. I think it's a perfectly fine idea. 216-474-0092. Are we better without Darius Garland? Because today's a trade deadline, but I don't think there's anything there that you can do that's going to make this trade deadline situation reasonable where Darius Garland can be moved on from. No, you're not You're not moving on from him. And another thing that's really important in all this is, like, the Cavs have said, the, the Cavs believe they want people who want to be here. Darius signed an extension to stay in Cleveland. That matters. That's important to them. Jared Allen signed an extension to stay in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That matters. That's important to them. I don't want to make this about the Donovan thing, but he, you're not sure how long you have him for. You do know how long you have Darius and Evan and Jarrett for. So why would you trade one of the guys that you have under team control for X number of years we, when you have another massive piece that you don't know how much longer you're going see, to have? You, you, when you do this, you speak so abruptly and on point. When I agree with you, then there's nothing left that we can talk about. So we just sit here and <laughs> wait for the phones other, to get in. The like, basically, that's what we do. That It's the weird thing about Jason is that I can have a knockdown drag out with you but then when we just agree with each other, it's like, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> and I'm going, well, we got six more minutes to go, so we better figure something out here. Because <laughs> I do, I do. contrary to what people think, because they only see the highlights on Twitter, <laughs> uh, I do agree with you a lot. And I agree with you on this. Bill Simmons on his podcast, this is part of the reason why I'm like, we can't be getting rid of Darius Garland. Bill Simmons on his podcast, I have some audio here for everybody. He said Orlando should, quote, make a godfather offer for Darius Garland. Hit it. Here's the thing. Orlando needs to jump on this. And they have a bunch of firsts. They have Anthony Black, who I think has a lot of value. They have Jed Howard, who they took 10th pick. They have the faults expiring that they should use. I would keep Jonathan Isaac because of his defense. And they could throw in two firsts unprotected. They could throw in a swap in another year and just try to overwhelm Cleveland with a, with a Garland offer. Because ultimately, if you're Orlando, if you can end up with Palo and Franz and Garland and Suggs, Figure out the rest later. Like, you got your four. Those are four guys that could be in the Eastern Finals in two years. So, I, if I was Orlando, I would godfather them for Garland right now. Oh, okay, well, when we get back to reality here, audio courtesy of the Bill Simmons podcast. I mean, is that realistic to you at all? But no. I'm sorry, I don't mean to speak out of turn. I know you know the guy. No, no. I don't. I, Bill and I aren't anything. I thought you guys were buddies. No. Uh, Willie? <laughs> <laughs> William. William and I don't know each other. He's talking about that from Orlando's perspective, which is fine. Cavs aren't going to do that. Why would why would the Cavs make a trade right now for multiple first round picks when they are all in? That's they are I don't all know why you would do that right now. Exactly. And the players that he named are fine, but Darius is better. So you can throw out any trade scenario you want from another team's perspective. There's zero chance the Cavs are going to do but that for all the reasons I just laid out. I think that that's where it goes to the – I think that's where this comes to the whole what do people think of the Cavs outside of Cleveland thing. Now, like we had Justin Termini on. He said that they were a competitive team. Uh, I asked him if they could make an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. He said yes. Uh, you've said yes. Yeah. Now, you, you talk to a lot more people outside of Cleveland than I do. And this is where it comes down to do you feel that 
I think a lot of people are just like, whatever, you guys are having a fine season, but Donovan's gone. And so if Donovan's gone, it's like, well, you guys need to start building for your future because this isn't working out, which I think that annoys uh, clearly a, a vast amount of Cavs fans. It annoys me, certainly. But here's the thing. Even if, even if Don, Don, Donovan comes to them at the end of the season and says, you know what, it's been great, I'm out. Even if, and I don't think it's going to happen. But if that happens, they still have Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Those are two all-stars and a third that's on the verge. That's you're not rebuild. What are you rebuilding? You got three pieces. There's no rebuild. I don't. I don't understand. Well, I'm not that's yelling at you. For once, you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the well, idea that they have that to rebuild. Sort of thing. I'm not that crazy for they, crying they out loud. They don't have to. They don't have to rebuild. There's nothing to rebuild. Now, if the time comes, because the 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 fallout of what they gave up for the Donovan trade is yet to hit, and that could come like a wrecking ball in a few years. Like they've lost five years of control of their own draft, and it hasn't even started yet. But you worry about that when you have to make the decision on Donovan. And then if you need to recoup some picks later on down the road, you worry about that later on down the road. You don't worry about that right now. Darius, Evan, and Jarrett are not going anywhere. Period. Okay. Full stop. Like, adamant about that. They are not trading any of those guys. 216-474-0092. Let me get to Isaac and Shaker. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? I, I said to myself, it must be a very slow, slow – Slow uh, week for sports talk because you can't be talking about trading Darius Garland. I agree. No, I'm talking about and not Jason. trading Darius Garland. Oh, right, right, right. And Jason, come on, man. Come on, man. With, with Darius Garland has got to be, has to be the second best player on the team almost. He's hurt. He can't get acclimated to the play. What you need to do is think about trading for more power forward than like Nang. Nang is useless. Plays hard, useless player though. Uh, Struess not playing over what he needs to play. He's not a starter. You need to get shooters around Darius. The other night, Darius could have had 15 assists if they make shots. You have to have Darius in the game because he's your secondary ball handler. Who's going to handle the ball, Porter? Uh, after that, uh, CPJ has to say, uh, who's going to handle the ball after that? Nobody. I mean, you have no ball handler. And Donovan might leave. What is your basis on using your point guard then? Will we just fall back into the rafters and go all the way back down with a talent like Mobley and a talent like Allen? No, that's ludicrous. Everybody that says get rid of Garland don't know basketball. And, and even Bill Simmons. How you going to trade for what? Trade for what? You need to talk about upgrading your you're, that's why Mobley's trying to uh, shoot a three now, so he can be a stretch four sometimes when he needs to be, so the Cavs can open it up. They're looking for their identity. JB searching for the identity. Hopefully, JB can use the talent. JB needs to sit Nang down and cut his time. He needs to sit Struess down and cut his time. Nang's shooting bench. 35%. Struess is right, shooting 34%. Right. They've got the shooting around Darius. They've got plenty no, of shooting no, around Darius. No, no, they don't stop, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but Isaac, they have they have Isaac, I'll let you go. Thank you. They've got a ton of shooting. It's the whole it's Isaac, thank you for the call. I gotta go right. We gotta run. Hello. It's the whole reason they're playing so well is the shooting that they've added. Two one six four seven four double O ninety two. Isaac didn't even bring up one Mississippi, which he created. I'm glad Isaac got back in after one Mississippi. I was afraid he wouldn't get back in. I wanted to make sure that was the right Isaac. Did you hear that call last week? No. Of course you didn't. Coming up next about one last- Mississippi.
Coming up. When's the last time you read one of my articles? It's been a, quite a exactly. while. Exactly. Yeah, well, you you know, you you won't give me the password, and I'm not going to pay the dollar a month. Coming up next, <laughs> about last night, where Ryan Day has a very spicy backup plan at offensive coordinator. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd, in for Tone, live on The Fan. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. Cavaliers winners last night against Washington, 114-106. Donovan Mitchell. 40 down the stretch as they beat a nine-win Washington team on the road that plays in Washington, D.C., and then it will eventually play in the suburbs, but that's a conversation for another day. Here's J.B. Bickerstaff on Donovan Mitchell. Says he's a closer. I mean, you know, that's what a closer does. He's earned that reputation because of fact, you know, and his ability to go out and do it, you know, time and time again. You know, that's why we trust to put the ball in his hands because he's going to make the play. Uh, his teammates trust him to put the ball in his hands because he's going to make the play. You know, again, we just got to make sure, you know, we're better early so that we don't have to depend on his heroics all the time. Putting the ball in his hands. Jason Lloyd, does that mean to play him off the ball? No, not at all. <laughs> it's the exact opposite okay. of play him off the ball. Then he should be bringing the ball up all the time. He should never pass. I'm joking. No, Just I, laugh. I know, but no, Move on. but but it's God. No, you're trying to win regular season games. Yeah, he is a closer, and at the end of games, the ball probably should be in his hands. But one of the problems I didn't like about last year was it was always just give it to Donovan, get out of the way, and nobody else learned how to really close and finish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is still a young team, and I don't like it every single night. For it to be Donovan, 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 Donovan. It should be other guys because you're going to need other guys in April, May, and June. And that's what you're really playing for is building good habits for April, May, and June while trying to win as many games as possible in the regular season, of course. So, I mean, tight game, give it to Donovan, go in the game, fine. But I just would like to see more opportunities for other guys to also try and close out games. That's all I'm saying. Trade deadline coming up. Donovan Mitchell was asked about it. and Donovan Mitchell, uh, he had this to say. Well, I mean, the fact that I didn't know it was tomorrow, I think, speaks volumes. Um, I think we're, I think we're in good shape. You know, I think every, I don't think anybody in the locker room is thinking about it. Like I said, the fact that I don't think we've ever talked about it outside of other teams. You know what I mean? So I think that just speaks volumes to what we got going on here. And you know, I think we're in good shape. You know, I think we all think that and feel that, and we have we have a lot to accomplish with this group. So I think we're excited about that. Well, that's just that not true. That's just not true. They didn't know the trade deadline. That's silly. But he didn't. But that, that's not true. But the part about Call him a liar. The part about that they don't need anything else, that part is true. I do agree with him with that. They got what they need. Yeah, and, boy, and, it's a I think it should be a really quiet trade deadline for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is. It's going to be. Yeah. If you would read the athletic, you'd know that. I saw your headline. Oh, that well then. That's and it. I knew I was going to host with you, so I'd rather just let you make the explosive comments, which apparently, folks, Jason Lloyd has some explosive no, comments do at 8 o'clock. Don't do that. Well, I'm trying not for them. I'm trying for them to you not be. You said it. I'm trying for them to not be explosive. Just wait until 8 o'clock. Not you be. did say it'll not halt be. the show. You said it would bring the show to a screeching no, halt. that's not what I you said. You said it would dominate the show. I said it would hijack the show, and I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that to happen. Ryan Day was asking. I mean, I don't walk into a bank and go, give me all your money. I don't want this to happen, <laughs> but give me all your money. Ryan Day yesterday was asked. <laughs> Ryan Day was asked yesterday about the Bill O'Brien rumors to Boston College. Apparently, they're down to a final three over there. But here's what uh, Ryan Day had to say about Bill O'Brien, his new offensive coordinator, possibly leaving to go be the head coach of BC. Can you confirm uh, Coach O'Brien's candidacy at BC and, and where that's at. 
Yeah, no, no real updates there. You know, he's working today, and we'll kind of see how it goes. He's in the building. He's here today, yeah. All right, he's in the building. Uh, one name that's getting brought up here, apparently, is Chip Kelly. Yes? I, I like Chip, yeah. And, and, and there's name a- Chip. There you go. Jason Lloyd. Charles? What are we supposed to call him? No, I'm just saying you call everybody by the first name. Okay. Well, Ryan also said yesterday as part of that that he wanted somebody – he wants him with NFL experience as a play caller. Well, Chip Kelly has that. Obviously, he's got head coaching experience, so he checks all the boxes. I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan. Told you guys in text. Talked to a guy who was in Houston with O'Brien. Had nothing good to say about him. Uh, talked to people in New England who were with him. Had nothing good to say about him. So I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan. I didn't like that hire at all. For- so if he wants to move on. To BC, let him go. I think Chip Kelly would be better for that job anyway. Does it make sense for Chip Kelly to leave the head coaching job at UCLA and go to Ohio State to call plays? If he wants to get rid of the nonsense that is college football right now and alleviate a lot of headaches. I think a lot of people are thought like, hey, they're gonna it's gonna be a brain drain on college football. Well, they're both tight knit communities, especially the NFL. Like guys, they get they get let go, they find other jobs. You know, they do, like, people call it the old boys club. It's like, well, no, they, they know each other, and, and they're going to take care of each other the way, that, the way that that is. And I think for a guy like Chip Kelly, I think a lot of coaches are looking for a life raft to the NFL where they can, like, all right, you know what? If in a couple of years they get this thing knocked down and they get a salary cap and we can calm these waters down, then maybe I'll come back. But if I can go back to the NFL and just coach football, yeah. then I'm going to do that. See, Jeff Halfley, who left the, the BC job, to go be the defensive coordinator – of the Green Bay Packers. For Chip, I don't know if it makes monetary sense. I can't imagine. What does he make? $6 million a year at, at UCLA? Maybe a little bit more. I don't know, but now, probably around that. He would take a pretty big pay cut, but money in, in Columbus, Ohio he, probably goes a little bit money further. In his life. So maybe he just wants to be happy. And I think it would probably, if he could call plays and focus more on calling plays and running an offense instead of going to fundraising events and talking to guys who are in charge of the collective and having to recruit in the same city as USC and not having people that, cause they don't even start the state. They don't even start school at the same time when they start their season. So there's nobody at those games. Yeah. So the head the coach isn't a coach anymore. If he, if he's that exasperated with the experience and you get to restart the clock, cause they, their schedule, I think is tough this year. They're just going to fire him at the end of this year. Anyway. Well, he could be fired at the end of the year at Ohio state. Anyway, if this doesn't go well, possibly it's one, it could be a one and done possibly. Well, would you rather be fired as a head coach or would you rather be fired as an OC? At least you went out happy. Would you rather quit as a head coach to become an OC and then be fired after one year? It sounds like you're getting fired next year one way or the other. Wait a minute now. They should be able to beat everybody, and we'll see what happens in the Michigan game. And that's the one that's going to get everybody fired if it don't go the right way. (laughs) Well, they don't play UCLA next year, right? I have no idea. I don't think I saw them on the schedule. They got Oregon, right? They've got Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know they got Akron on that schedule. Oh, oh boy. Good. Better watch out. The Zips are coming for that ass. Are the Zips going to get Ryan Day fired? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, we're in the conversations we need to be having. Akron. <laughs> there you go, baby. I'll tell you guys right now. Akron wins that game. I'll do this show drunk. <laughs> Admittedly drunk. Beg your pardon. It'll Admittedly drunk. After. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be be drunk in here. Lushed up. Guardians opening day moved back to 5.10 p.m. 
Would you rather have a delay in the middle of opening day? Mitch asked this question. I thought it was pretty decent. Would you be willing to just deal with the delay in the middle of the day, or would you rather move the game back? I thought it was a good idea to move the game back. That's my personal opinion. I Go thought ahead. it'd be fun to have it in the middle of the game, but I'm a psychopath. So, well, I I think for I mean, baseball purposes, lights. I think for baseball purposes, you'd rather like people not have to walk off the mound and things like that. <laughs> like I think that'd be weird. But I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, are they opening up the stadium at the same time? So it's like, hey, come on in. You got a front row seat to the eclipse. You can you drink our beer and eat our food and pay for all that stuff, and then we'll start the game at five ten, around five ten. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, Good it's for the Gardos. It's probably the traffic getting in and out is going to be problematic. It kind of always is. Yeah, opening day traffic's not great. Yeah, never is, especially for a five p.m. Now the five ten. For the people that work downtown, normally with the was normally a four ten. Every once in a while, it's a one ten. Yeah, normally, it's, yeah, it's like three or four o'clock. Yeah. Normally, you have that, so it's kind of annoying with business traffic already downtown. I, it's my like, mother in law works two blocks over, and she just takes that day off every year because oh really not coming down. Yeah, it's a hassle, and now when you add the eclipse traffic on top of it, it's going to be uh, full of Mitsubishi eclipse. It's going to be it'll be a fun day though. Travis Kelsey had a Super Bowl press conference yesterday, and real quick, he said he's rooting for Miles Garrett to win DPOY. I didn't have to go up against him this year. He um he was on a terror, and it, and it looks to be that uh, he's found his groove in the NFL. And um, couldn't be happier for the city of Cleveland to have a guy like that because he's in the community, he's in it for the right reasons, and uh, Cleveland's lucky to have that guy. So good luck to Miles on trying to get that defensive player of the year. There you go, Travis Kelsey rooting for Miles Garrett. Outstanding stuff from a Cleveland, Cleveland Heights native. Yeah. There you go. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Coming up at 8, excuse me, 9.20 this morning. Mary Kay Cabot going to join us on the show. We'll talk football with her and Joe Varden from The Athletic. Are there any moves coming? Coming up next, you've wrapped your arms around a lot of players. How come your arms length with Donovan Mitchell, Ken Carmen, and then Jason Lloyd in for Tone Live on the Fan? I never said Evan Mobley's threes didn't count. I never said that. I never, 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 never said that. Ken just checked his Twitter for the first time in 15 hours. He shot two three-pointers yesterday. And made both of them. Oh, great. Excellent. I got, I, 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 I don't, I, Man, that's contrary a to what you want. Game see, I got to get wipe those two out. I got to get out of here. I got, see, I can't, I can't do this because then I'm going to start doing the show on Twitter instead of with you. So, see, the Spurs game only counted as a half a win. I didn't. And the Wizards game only counted say, as a I half a win. Did I say any of that? I didn't say any of that. So, really, the Cavs are only 32. I never said any of that. In 16. They're not 33. Never, never because said they any played of that. a bad team. I never said any when of that. When you play a bad team, it doesn't count. I never said it didn't count. I never, 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 never yeah, said I that. Yeah, kind of did. I said that you're naturally going to have more confidence against bad teams. You're nuts. Okay. I mean, I've given you several examples, but you're if nuts. you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. You're nuts. Okay. Yeah, I'm nuts. All right. Yeah, I got it. Let's play you, two you second tell, trivia. Your defense is nuts. You want to play two second trivia? It. Let's play two second trivia. Who's the number two leader in three point percentage on the Cavs? Evan Mobley. You told me that. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Kevin Street. Well, again, when Let me you walk have, across the street, and, and, get and, you a and, I, and I keep saying, if you're buying, fine. 
Yeah, Cheap two. bastard. He ain't going <laughs> to buy me one. We need to make a bet, and the, the loser, I don't know what, but the, I have to lose. If I lose, I have to eat a sandwich in my truck is how that's going to have to go because you just live a life of, of decadence, but you're a slob. I'm not. You ha- yes. I saw your TV set up. It, think, it looks like it was put together by Cyclops. It was, you, have, <laughs> you, you eat your breakfast sandwiches in your Mercedes Benz. It's on a swinging I, arm, I, and I, we moved it over I, to fit the tree. I dry, That's all. <laughs> I'm going to have a professional photographer come in now and like really glam the place up just for you. <laughs> I mean, I drive a, a Ram pickup truck, and I won't eat in it. And look at you over there. I don't see the. I'm a very busy man. If you have to have you're a, not, if no, you have not. to have a meal in the car, so be it. <laughs> you're not busy. Yes, you, I you am. You brag about how unbusy you are. I'm very busy. No, you're not. I am. Jason alone, just because he drives a Mercedes food court, doesn't mean that <laughs> he can't optimize it. He turned his place into Canton Center Mall in the '90s. That's what he turned his car into. Anyway, sorry. I'm turning off the social media now because then I'm going to end up. Twitter reactions brought to you by Shivin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Yes, please go to Twitter and see how I just absolutely annihilated. Congratulations on your online win of the website that's going to be shut down at one guy's whimsy because he found out that you drove a Mercedes Benz (laughs) instead of a different kind. Anyway, uh, 8.45, Joe Varden going to join us on the show. 8.40, 8.40, Joe Varden's going to join us on the show this morning from The Athletic. We'll talk to him about the Cavs and any moves are coming. Uh, I, this is two days in a row. Hell is really freezing over here. I'm kicking. I'm getting the feeling. I think. If, I. I think if this summer, if he signs a max, I think things change. I think it changes dramatically. But I kind of see where Fedor is coming from. He's been on two shows. He won't come on this one, uh, at least when I'm not here. When I'm here. Uh, but he's been on two shows over the last two days, and he's been asked the same question about Donovan Mitchell. And both times, I've agreed with him because he has said that. Donovan Mitchell has just not been fully embraced by Cleveland fans just yet. Here's Chris Fedor yesterday on Afternoon Drive. Uh, Nick and uh, Spencer German potato salad filling in. Since Donovan arrived here in Cleveland, he has done nothing but go completely all in on this organization and in this community as well. Like he helped recruit Max Struess and George Niang this past off season. He organized player team workouts this off season. So he has done everything that he possibly can to ingrain himself into this community and into this franchise since coming over from the Utah Jazz. And I just don't know what anybody else could want from Donovan on the court from a basketball standpoint or off the court in terms of how he has embraced this city and this community and this franchise. I don't think they are asking for anything more of him other than pen to paper and they know he's not going to do it to this summer. I think that part of this is just I think we've been through this before in a in a very short period of time. Yes. We, we have we have, like there's but what? there's players that we love and there's players that we have wrapped our arms around. When it comes to basketball, I do think that people are kind of like, "Hey, we wrapped our arms around one guy and then we wrapped our arms around him again." And we're just a little bit tired of wrapping our arms around a guy. If we get a commitment, we'll really do it. But I think that people respect Donovan Mitchell. I think that they think he's a fine basketball player. I don't think there's any disrespect or or, or any sort of a contempt at all for Donovan Mitchell with this fan base. I think they like him, but they just don't love him yet. Two things. One, I do think that the contract plays into whatever it is we're talking about here. Number two, I think the playoff disaster last year plays quite a bit into this. Like, this guy was supposed to come here to win playoff series – 
and they won one game and got bounced in the first round. And you can look at that team and say, well, gosh, we could have done that without you, so why are you here? However, what does what else has to happen for you to believe that the city has – what needs to happen to say that the city has embraced him? That hasn't I don't know. Yet. That's the thing is I, I don't know. Because I like, think they have just fine. Have there, There's Mitchell jerseys all over the arena there at the is, games. There are Mitchell jerseys all over. But when I think about like beloved Cleveland players, like Nick Chubb's number one, and I think he's number one with a bullet yeah. right now. I think Jose, if we're talking about beloved, like people being loved, yeah. if we were going to do a popularity contest, Jose's probably third or fourth on the list. But I think Jose's more beloved by the fan base than like a Miles Garrett. Because Not a Miles Garrett than Miles Garrett. By the Guardians fan base, by, then by Cleveland fans. Yeah, okay, I I think by Cleveland fans. I think I I think we split too much. No, I'm not accusing you of this, Owen. I think we do split too much when we talk about sports, and I think that's more of a social media thing. We talk about there's Guardians fans and there's Browns fans. The vast majority of people we're talking to are fans of all three teams, and yes, they might like football more than the other sports. That's fine, but when I'm talking about the general Cleveland fan, the average fan, I do think it's Chubb, and then I think when it comes to Wrapping our arms around beloved, I, th- I think Jose is probably number two. And both of them are homegrown. And Jose left a ton of money on the table to stay here, and yep. that's when his status went through the roof. Of course, he could have signed for he could have not signed that contract. And I mean, he probably left. And nobody likes his boss. Fifty to sixty million dollars on the table. Yes, literally. Yes, walked away from fifty to sixty million dollars to stay here. So yeah, he's he is very much beloved, and there'll probably be a statue of him outside the stadium one day. Uh, Truly. Uh, but and but I think the homegrown thing matters, and here's the one here's the one anomaly. Flacco, now Joe Flacco was embraced by this city. This city fell in love with Joe Flacco. It was and a I, summer romance. And but, but now they probably embrace embrace Flacco more than they have Donovan Mitchell. I probably I would say that. Like, I mean, they're coming up with songs and T-shirts and everything else over this guy. But I think a lot of that goes back to the Deshaun conversation and the fact that there was no expectation whatsoever from Joe. And then he comes in and plays that. Well, there's a high level of expectation and that, attached to Donovan. That plays into it as well because there was a guy, and you say what you want, and, and I didn't I didn't think he was God's gift to the position, but there are people who live and die with Baker Mayfield here, and they just thought he was the greatest thing that could possibly ever be, yeah, and then they traded that. him, and so they do not like D- D- Deshaun Watson. They just don't. And when they saw Joe Flacco come in, and Joe Flacco did play well, I think we might have overdone it a little bit, but I, Joe Flacco did play very well. I, I think that that was more of like an infatuation for a, for a split moment. But anybody who knew anything, including you, knows that that wasn't going to be a long-lasting deal. No, but the fans – and it wasn't even just the Baker people. It wasn't even the Master Bakers that loved Joe as much as it was the people who were just turned off by Deshaun in general. You didn't have to love Baker to dislike Deshaun. So uh, I know I know a number of fans who wanted nothing to do with Deshaun, who loved Flacco and loved being a Browns fan again for the last couple months of the season. They had nothing to do with Baker. What? But the but the players that are drafted here that spend five, six, seven years here mm-hmm. are the ones that are truly beloved in the way you're talking. It's hard when you come in, yes, and and a guy walks in who who didn't choose here, who was traded here. Who was sent here. And from the moment he started here, everybody was talking about him leaving. That's and, not and true. That's gonna be that's not anybody true. outside talked no, about no, him no, leaving. No. It really didn't come up until last summer. He I, he sat on the podium and said I thought I was going to New York at his introductory press conference. He was being honest. Probably should have said that. But it wasn't really a it, it wasn't really a talking point until after last season. 
216-474-0092. Have fans embrace Donovan Mitchell. And if you haven't, what is stopping you? 216-474-0092. We'll get to you guys on this. I I, I still think it's arm's, rank, arm's length with people, but I also think that it's rightfully so still right now. Coming up next, we'll get to that. And they didn't need to wait on any switch to be flipped. They flipped it themselves. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd, in for Tone, live on the fan. Trade deadline today, there's J.B. Bickerstaff talking about a red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers team, possibly, or excuse me, absolutely the hottest team in all the NBA right now. 33-16, and 16, a big win over the Washington Wizards yesterday. I don't think, I have to agree with Fedor on this, I don't believe that people have, have fully wrapped their arms around Donovan Mitchell. And I think it's with good reason. I don't think much of it is actually, I don't think any of it is Donovan Mitchell's fault. Part of it is... Am I going to turn down $40 million a year just to make everybody else happy? No. Donovan Mitchell isn't going to do it. Or an extra $40 million for the year. for not signing last year? Yeah, for not signing last year just to make everybody feel comfortable? Nope. That's not good. That was never going to happen. That's not good business. I think a lot of regular Cavs fans can understand that. And I want to know, like, are are you as a fan, are you still arm's length with Donovan Mitchell? Because I think we all respect he's a great player. Uh, I think he's been a good leader. He has not said anything disparaging about the city. He's not said anything disparaging about the organization. I don't think that's ever really been his style at all. Uh, he's obviously, he's been frustrated with a loss, but he's never just snapped at the organization or the fans. He's been a professional his entire time here in Cleveland. But he wasn't drafted here, and he plays a sport where a lot of the guys who have been here in the past have kind of gone on and have made their business decisions. And I think when they make the business decisions, I think a lot of fans over the last few years have just, they've started to accept that, yep, you know what, it's part of the business of it, but they may be Cavs fans, but I don't think that they're just going to fall in love with a guy again. Remember, they tried to, they did the hard hat signing on the drywall with with Kevin Love. And then it felt like 12 months later, he's like, I want out of here. I want out of here. I so want all my money they too. Want out of here. Yeah, like they wanted. They did the thing up in Toronto, and it it didn't end very well. It it didn't end very well. And we, hey, I don't think anybody has a real big problem with Kevin Love. Every now and then, I'll get a couple of people say some things. But honestly, I don't know how many people are really. I think a lot of people are jaded by that. I think a lot of people by are Kevin. Not by by the entire experience. LeBron two times over. Yeah. Kyrie wanting yeah. out. You yeah. know, there was a lot of. There was a lot of buildup in defense of Kyrie before LeBron came here. And then Kyrie wanted out. Kevin came here. Kevin was, when Kevin signed the contract, he's like, all right, Kevin's staying here and we can build around Kevin. And we became defensive of Kevin during the LeBron, the fit in, the fit out stuff. But I think a lot of it's just like, man, that's that didn't happen too terribly long ago. And I think we get a little nervous about something like that. I don't know what you're looking for, though, because I think, I think the city's embraced him fine. I don't think that there's this big disconnect between. I don't. I don't think that there's a disconnect. I. I. I don't. Are you having the argument with me or Fedor? Because I. I just see when Fedor is asking. Fedor sounds exasperated. He says, "I don't know what else he has to do. We can't do anything else. He needs to sign the contract." But I think that we're all just sitting here going, "I mean, hey, I respect his right to to be a businessman." I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. You, you don't want to hear this. Nobody wants to hear this. But even the signing the contract doesn't mean anything anymore. And that. And I think a lot of people know that. And I think that that's. Part it's, of the it's, reason it's, it's just actually, arms length? It's actually smarter, and it's become the NBA trend to sign the contract even though you don't want to be there. Because, yes. Because it's more money, and you stay an extra year. But even if that were the case, you still get extra years out of Donovan. 
Yes. Because you don't have to trade him next year, so you get next year. You know, So you still get more time with well, him even if that happens. Well, it, it becomes a point where I think that, it, again, everything's just on the table and above board. I, I don't need to get all emotional about it, and I think that that's the way a lot of Cavs fans are, a lot of Cleveland fans are. It's like I can get emotional about Nick Chubb. I can get emotional about, about Jose Ramirez. But when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, hey, it is what it is. I appreciate his basketball. I would like him to stay here. I, again, I think that all these things I've said about him I think are true, and I, I, I respect him as a person and as a player. This is me talking to you personally yeah. as a fan and yeah. as, as whatever kind of analyst you want to make me out to be. But I also respect his right to want to be in New York, and if he wants to do that someday, then I guess we're going to have to figure out a way to continue this thing and keep it going better. But if he were to sign here, I think it would be a little bit different, but I don't know how much different it would be. with people. The, the NBA is the most transient league that we yeah. have. So it's harder in the NBA to get attached to players. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Yes. I just, I, I just don't think, and and like, like I said last time, I think the fact that he was, if you're drafted at a place and you stay, if you're homegrown, that makes a difference in fans' eyes yes. when they watch you sort of grow up. It's like you're their child, and they, you came in as a rookie, and then here you did fl- blossom into a, a superstar in years five, six, and seven, and then you, if you choose to stay. Then they will love you. Joe Thomas is beloved because that's exactly what he did. On the Spent other, his whole career here. And on the other hand, you know, Mitchell over there, he says he's his second favorite player. Mitchell Spinell over here. I mean, you said Donovan is your second favorite player ever, right? Right now. Uh, second favorite Cavalier ever, yes. Sec- right yeah, now. second favorite Cavalier ever, right now. Right now. Explain. Well, like I said yesterday, I mean, it's, it's part of the reason was he was a huge part of why the Cavaliers have gotten back to uh, in con- being in contention. Uh, the team was already there, but I think he's been a huge boost of that. And what I saw last night in a game like that against the nine-win Wizards where I was getting frustrated that, that they weren't just able to pull away until the final minute, guys like Donovan are the difference sometimes between winning those kinds of games and then losing those kinds of games, which would lead us t- to us having the show today where we're thinking, what are we doing? How are we losing to a nine-win Wizards team? And to me, Donovan's the 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 main yeah point of this. My respect for Donovan Mitchell is off the charts. I I, I don't like I I respect him immensely. The, I, do, the, I do too. The Detroit game last week, where it was like, man, what are we doing, assing off against this team? And then he was like, in the fourth quarter, it just seemed he's going, all right, that's enough of this bleep. Let's just finish this thing off. Like there is a there is a resiliency that he seems to have. He desperately wants to win. Yes. There's a seriousness that he has. And he knows that I think he's bothered because he's got all the money. And he's going to get more money. I don't think that that has any effect on him. But I think he knows that there's legacies here that are involved. Yes. And your legacies are built in the postseason. And I think over the last couple of years, one with Cleveland, one with Utah, I think that's bothered the hell out of him. And that's the Jason. point I made when I was in with Lima when you were out a few weeks ago is this, this postseason is him. This is him. If they crash in the postseason in the first round again, or even maybe the second round, nobody's blaming Darius. Nobody's blaming Evan. Nobody's blaming Jarrett. This is Donovan. This is Donovan's legacy. And and winning is of – I asked him last year, going back to the conversation about, like, building good habits and don't have Donovan bail you out every time. I think I talked about this on the show before, but I asked him last year, would you ever punt on a game just to say, you guys figure it out? Like, Darius and Evan – you guys have the ball in your hands the last minute and a half. You guys are going to run pick and roll, and you guys figure out how to win this game. And he said, nope. Like, I would, I, I, I try to win every game I play. I want to win every game I play. Is that something you think it costs them in the long run? Yes. At all? Yes, yeah. I do. Because you need to – for as great of a player as Donovan is, and he is wonderful, 
he's not Giannis. He's not prime LeBron. He's not this guy who will lift an entire franchise and carry you to the finals series after series after series after series. But I think he hears what you're saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think that he'd want to smack you for something. Like Absolutely that. he would, and he should. He should, but am I wrong? I didn't say you I don't wrong. think he's in that level. He's not, you know, so, and that's nothing against him. He's a, he's a, a little bit of an undersized guard compared to the size of those guys, and that matters. That sort of thing matters, or even like a prime Kobe, you know, he's not on that level. He's a wonderful it's, talent. It's so odd. But in he's his, not that. Because in his career, he goes from this kind of underrated guy who, who's, what was he, 15th in the draft? Ish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something so like he that. Explo- 13th, 15th, I don't he, know, somewhere in there. He explodes off the page for a lot of people. He carries this Utah team to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And then people believe, you. I mean, you had Shaq ripping him saying he was overrated. He gets traded to Cleveland. He's supposed to take this Cleveland team to a higher level. I think over this time, you see just how ex- he has taken them certainly to a higher level. I, I, I've grown my respect so much. And I've always respected him, but I mean, really, my God, it's off the charts. But it still seems to be not enough. Like, I still think he remembers the the draft, the disrespect publicly on 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 inside the NBA. Like, the whole thing, I think, has played into his his psyche about, I can't take any single day off. I can't I can't sit and teach lessons because somebody's always going to have something critical of me. But it's... He's going to be judged on the postseason. It doesn't matter how many games they win in the regular season. It doesn't matter. It's all about what do you do in the postseason. And this it's his legacy the other way. If he takes them to the finals, if the Cavs go to the conference finals this year, Donovan's going to get all the credit for it. 216-474-0092. Are we at arm's length with Donovan Mitchell in the city? Kelvin in Cleveland, you're first up on the fan. Yellow. Hey, what's up, Ken? Thank um, you. Uh, my point, my my opinion is, it's not the fans, the true Cleveland fans, because we gravitated towards Dova Dova, uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, we 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 go for the glue guys. We love we everybody, but it's the sports writers that always have to ask that question of, is our superstar about to leave? Which puts it in, in our brain like, oh man, is he gonna leave? So we really we just go for the glue guys, the superstars. We're just basically waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, for them to leave and all that other stuff. That's why the hype train is not so big on Donovan because of the possibility of him leaving, just like it was when LeBron could have left. I do think locally, Kelvin, I think locally, I think a lot of writers, Chris, I I think Jason has done this. I think that they have tried to find ways of, okay, how would Donovan stay in this situation? What makes him stay in that situation? I think it's been more positive, but I think outside of Cleveland, I think outside of Cleveland, I think they're just always are waiting for the other shoe to drop so they can move him out of here. But once you put that into the ether, then now it's in my subconscious to think, what is this guy going to do? Now, as a fan, do I go buy his jersey? It's going to be a lot of kids that's uh, galvanized by Donovan doing all the little oopsie doops and the, the, the threes and all that. But the true basketball fans, the true basketball fans, knowing that Donovan Mitchell is putting up LeBron numbers. If you look at his stats this year, he's putting up LeBron James numbers. And we're still looking at him like, oh, my God, are you going to leave and go to New York? Are you going to go anywhere? Are you going to sign anything? Kelvin? So it's like, yep. Kelvin, thank you very much for the call. Wait, go no, ahead, don't Jason. Don't oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. I've got right. 30 it's seconds. Fine. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. I just want to ask, because, like, it goes back to the point I made yesterday. Everyone wants to blame the media. You blame the media. Well, it's – it's. I do think they control the psyche with a lot of NBA players and but, how we feel about it. But it them. goes two ways because it's like – when you hear something over and over and over again from connected people in the league, people who work in the league, this is what he wants. This is, this is what's happening. This is what – are we not supposed to write that? 
I mean, I didn't write it until after the season ended. It started in December, but a lot and I didn't it, write it until April. A lot of it is so based on rumor. It's all it, the NBA in the offseason. You know this obviously better than anybody in the room combined. It's it's all based on rumor, and it's all what this person's feeling or that person's thinking. But a, it's and, a, and I think that it they do they shoot the messenger on that. And here's where the issue is: it can be true last December. It could be true last April. Guys have the right to change their mind. Like it, it's a year later. It's eighteen months later. So it could be true when we write it, and it could be that just a, a guy changed his mind. It's not that anything was wrong. Something happened. And he changed his mind one way or the other. But then when you don't write it, it's like, well, you knew all this. Why didn't you write it? If you had all this information, why didn't you write it sooner? So that's, it's when the, the whole everyone blames the media thing. I'm like, well, what do you want? 745, I might be the only radio show host in America who doesn't want to do this. Coming up next... The how high is the ceiling for your Cleveland Cavaliers as we get ready to attack a trade deadline later on today? And if you are not liking Big Brother tracking you, she might end up as your best hope to stop it. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd, in for Tone, live on the fan. 840, Joe Varden going to join us on the show from The Athletic. I want to thank Jason Lloyd for uh, booking a lot of guests this week. That's not a shot at Mitch. Not a shot at Mitch. That might sound like it, and with double A, it was. Mitch, that's not a shot at you, buddy. Okay? I'm good. Go around the room here real quick. <laughs> we had Shops Rania on yesterday. That was a lot of fun. He was great. Guaranteed, he was. Guaranteed 92.3 The Fan has the best to offer when you follow... That sounds Try weird. Do they want me to get... It says guarantee the best... Here you better we go. write a check and your ass better, better cash it. it. There you go. Hey, get to the 92.3 The Fan and get the app, all right? Get the Odyssey app. It's absolutely free. They got all the audio all the audio that you could possibly want, including Sham Sharanya, who joined us yesterday. And you can hear about him and whether or not the Cavaliers are going to be movers and shakers during the trade deadline. You get all the chapters of our live shows labeled by our wonderful producers, including Mitch, so you can search the segments you may have missed. Make sure you downloaded the free Odyssey app to follow everything that comes around with the Cleveland sports scene. You make fun of my live reads. Jeez. I, I actually try. There, there's the difference. You don't try. You don't try. You Don't hold up your hands. Owen, does he try? I no, read the words try. on the paper. What else do you want me to do? Did you have a little bit of zest with it? Zest? You sound like a third grader getting called out to read, the, to read a book. You sound like me in fifth grade le- reading Boy's Life. <laughs> Anywho, go around the room real quick. Are you afraid of AI? Am I afraid of it? I'm not afraid of it. I'm concerned about it, though. Concerned. Owen, you were uh, you were part of the federal government for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I mean, he was okay. He made a couple finals. But... No, not Alan <laughs> Iverson, you ass. Artificial intelligence. Uh, afraid of it? No. Same thing with Jason. Like I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's going to make us dumber because kids are just going to use it to write their papers and no one's ever going to learn anything. With like the chat GBT and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly helped my Twitter or my ex follower count. I'm not trying to be a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Well, you got the porn bots that come after you. Yeah. Which the only thing the porn bots have really been good for, they haven't been good for one thing, and that's reminding me of some wild opinions people yeah. have had on social media some about old Cleveland sports. Tweets. Yeah, man. I see things from two years ago all of a sudden again. Yeah. Like there every now and then I'm like, boy, I was right about that. I yeah. don't need time hot when I got porn bots, man. Thank you. 
Alexa 696969 single ready to mingle with a few hearts in there. Thank you very much for reminding me of that sterling opinion. I am I'm actually very nervous about it. Uh the Taylor Swift stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago. I was like, boy, this this is a little too it's a little too much. You know what? And go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, cuz I'm thinking, yes, she's threatening lawsuits about the AI stuff cuz it was it was I mean it was pornographic yeah. that came out on social media. And then her plane was being tracked by some college student uh earlier this week. She has immediately put a cease and desist to that. I go, "Hey, all you guys are tired of hearing Taylor Swift. She might save you from some of this AI stuff cuz it's stopping nobody from making AI images of every Tom Dick and Harry out there." Yeah. And if she, who is a very powerful person, is able to get some legislation passed because she is an extremely powerful person, then it might help a lot of people in the long run. But I don't know I don't know how you stop it at this point. Like it's out there. Well, it's pir- it would be it would become piracy but and th- it would become something that you could you could the thing, after, that, the thing that totally freaked me out was I saw a video six months ago or so of like they can take they could take like a picture of my daughter and like put the voice with it and make it look like she's mm-hmm. in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, Dad, I need help. Mm-hmm. And that is freaky. That's yeah. that now that scares me. Family members calling you up and stuff like that, asking for money. And I mean, depending on what type of state you're in at that time, who knows? Yeah. Anybody could be tricked with a lot of things. Absolutely. So I if you, everybody's, oh, I'm tired of Taylor Swift, this and that. I'm going, well, if she can get this attacked, then fine. Because it does matter on, on who it I, I hate to say it. If it's if it's Kenny Carmen or Jason Lloyd in Cleveland, Ohio, I don't know if the feds are really moving on it. But right. if it is a major, it, the biggest pop star in the world I right mean, now. Dan got his FAA, got the FAA to take down his plane back in the day. Yeah. That, and the plane tracking thing, I, I think they do need to do something about that. It is a ma- massive security risk. You don't know what type of nut jobs Absolutely. over there waiting on her in Vegas. I hate to say it. You have no idea. Absolutely. So, and it's yeah. it's easy. It's very easy to track these planes if you know how to do it. It is not hard. Yeah, that, that's I had it's a concern. In the thing. summer of LeBron when I just started I was at the Beacon and I was just starting to cover the Cavs, I had the tail number on Dan's plane in about 8 minutes. That's it? That's it. Eight minutes. Phew. And I knew where he was, when he was. Now the Cavs are smart about I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But the Cavs kinda, had about. I don't want you to go down this Cavs, rabbit but, hole. No, but the Cavs had like four or five planes in the air that day to try and, try and throw everybody off. True story. They, had, they were throwing planes everywhere. Wait, so Cavalier 1 was in the air. Cavalier 2 <laughs> you was never going told to me Omaha. That story. Yeah, because, yeah, they had, they were, they had different planes. Because I actually thought, I'm trying to remember. They now. were scrambling jets about LeBron James? The summer of LeBron, that was with Tom Izzo and everything else. Yeah, they had multiple planes in the air. They were landing one at like Cuyahoga County. They landed one at Burke. Because I, I broke into Burke. I'll tell you that. I tell what? You that. Stop. Yeah. You're on the radio. This We're not during cool. a break here. No, I know. But I didn't break in. I just drove through a place that I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to be at. That's all. Is that what you said in court? or No, they just asked me to leave. But like I was, I was literally sitting next to Dan's plane waiting for him. Because I thought it was Izzo. And it, was, it just Dan got out. And all the, all, the, all the other news media were, like, behind the fence. And I remember hearing later, like, Jim Donovan was going, like, what's Jason doing up there next to the plane? <laughs> I was sitting there waiting for him. And, I, I mean, he just got well, out. Well, that's and, a nice how do you do. He just got out and went right to the plane. And then. He didn't say anything to well, you? Well, I, 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 when I got to Burke, I hit the buzzer. And, I, and they said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for a plane that's leaving in about 15 minutes. They said, all right, come back. We'll help you find it. It's like, all right, thanks. Oh, that's not breaking into anything if they let you in. Well, the gate was open. 
I drove through a gate that was open. Okay, that might be. I didn't know. There was, a sign was like, whatever. But yeah, that was fun. Jason, I think you need to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, the Cavs had all kinds of planes in the day that uh, with the Izzo thing. And I, uh, the details on that are hazy. I'd have to go back and like refresh. I might be misremembering a couple, but I know they had planes and they had multiple planes in the sky, landing them in different spots with the Izzo. Remember the Izzo? Like it was nuts when they were going after Izzo. I didn't know they had to scramble five planes up in the air. I mean, it may not have been five, but it was multiple. For Tom Izzo, for crying out loud? I, 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 it was definitely the Izzo because I ended up driving to East Lansing to get him, to get him as he was coming off the plane. Um, yeah, I drove to East. I drove from Burke to East Lansing after I snuck into Burke. I drove to East Lansing right after that. Oh my. God. Yeah. Two and a half hour drive. That's good, right? Through That's a little longer drive. than that, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, I was me driving. Uh, okay. And now you are talking about just breaking the He didn't the have the luxury vehicle back then. <laughs> I he, did not have the luxury vehicle. Bombing it on the turnpike. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My God. All right. 840. Joe Varden going to join us on the show. Whether or not the Cavs are going to stand pat. Do you believe the Cavaliers should stand pat? 216-474-0092. I want to get to Pauly in Cleveland. Hello, Pauly. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Not much. What's up, Polly? Look, man, I've been sitting here listening to you guys. We went from talking smack on the Cavaliers to Taylor Swift to a guy committing a felony on a, you know, an airplane uh, runway. Uh, kind of crazy, but uh, look, um, I, I got to put it to you guys, man. I appreciate what you guys are saying out there right now about the Cavaliers, but uh, I'm I've been a longtime fan of the Cavaliers. I'm going on sixty years old, and uh, you know, a little over a month and a half ago, we were talking smack about Bickerstaff and the rotations he was pulling, and we were just a little above 500, okay? Do you, are you following me here right now? I'm trying. All right, all right. A little over a month and a half ago, Mobley, Garland on the bench, we were wondering where we were heading, what direction we were going. And I've been listening to all the fans. I listen to you guys every day. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate the job you guys are doing, man. Wonderful work. Thank you, Paul. Um, um, but, you know, you know, this talk about Mitchell leaving at the end of the year and all this stuff, look, I, I, I just got to put it to you this way, man. You know, when it comes to the Cavaliers, we were, we were a little over a couple months, we did a little over 500, and we were talking smack about what direction this team was going to be going. All right, here we are, 15 out of 16 games, Mobley, we were talking smack about Garland and Mobley coming off the bench. Was Bickerstaff going to be able to work them back into the lineup and the rotation and where it was going to go? Look at Mobley last night, guys. Look, I'm a complete Cavaliers fan, and I just want to say this, guys. Let's enjoy the ride. You know, right now. So you're you're good, Paulie, with them just standing pat then, right? All I'm saying is is, that we don't need negativity with this team right now. We need to, to to support these guys and totally get on the bandwagon with them right now. You know, it's kind of like negative. Who's being boy. negative? I don't think anybody's being negative. Well, maybe, well, maybe, maybe the people, Paulie, thank you very much for the talk. call. Maybe the ones who are, who are tweeting at us and getting in about Do- uh, Darius Garland need to trade it. I do, I do think it goes back to, you know, you talked about writers in town have a certain – it's. It's part of the job, right? Yeah. You have to write about the possibilities of what could happen. Especially if, in that league. Right. So I get people just, you know, fans especially just wanting you to always fluff up what's happening. They've been on a great run. But as a journalist, you do have some sort of uh, responsibility to, well, that's a- to examine possibilities 
further down the road than just until April. Well, Owen's right. Um, I, I think that a lot of people, when things are going good, they want some good things said. But it's weird because it's such a fine line because if you say anything good about a team that's struggling, then you're carrying water for them. Now, I've yeah, used that at you it. a million times, but part of that's a joke and part of that is a little bit behind the scenes about it as well that we've talked about you and I. I think that some of that stuff, like when people bring up about the Browns and me and about the Browns and the fan, it's like I've been madder at the Browns on the air and off the air to anybody and what they've done in a game and in a season. I've seen you burst blood. I've been madder at the Browns than the other two teams combined and have said way nastier things about the Browns than the other two teams combined. And well, if it was about the Browns, you wouldn't say this. Go, yes, I would. And yes, I have. Uh, it, 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 I get pushed to a very obscene level at times about football to where I can be a little bit more understanding about basketball because, and part of this is that Lima knows the ins and outs. Like I would assume I would know the ins and outs about some of the other things. And so I'm more careful to say those things because I don't want to have to back them up and look like a fool later on baseball. Hey, honestly, it's, if you treat me nice, I'm probably going to treat you pretty nice back, but I I'm, I'm standing pat on this. And I think a lot of people are, you're a 33 and 16 team. I can't really see anything where you can just get better, except if you just wanted to force it. If you wanted to force something that I think would end up being a problem for this basketball team down the line, like the whole Darius Garland thing, we'll bring this up more in earnest at 8:20. Jason has some, apparently some explosive comments at eight, but at 8:20, don't downplay him. Don't downplay him. But at 8:20, people are calling me up about Darius Garland, and I'm going, guys, I just don't see it yet. I don't. I understand he's not having a great season. I understand that we want to do the. One can handle the ball, but two can't be in the backcourt. I get all that, but I don't think that now is the pertinent time. I think right now is the time that you try to figure some of this stuff out and not try to remove talent because I still need talent. I can't just remove talent. And for some of the names that people are bringing up, that just they're not realistic names. They're not. Stars win in the playoffs in the NBA more than any other sport. You have to have stars to win. I'm not going to say Darius Garland is a superstar. He's being paid like one. But he is a budding star. Fair? Yeah. Those are the guys you need on your team I'm not, to win. And I'm not pointing out that he should be Cavalier for life or anything like that. Things do change. But as of right now, on February 8th, the trade deadline day, I, I can't see a scenario where I would support Darius Garland being on the move or Evan Mobley or Jared Allen. And Jared Allen was one of the names that people were mentioning in earnest last year after the postseason. Where now, I, I can't imagine letting go of Jared Allen. He's playing his ass off even through an injury. So, there's a lot of things here that just, they make sense. Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro. I have a reason to hold on to all these guys because it's exactly what it's exactly what Sham Sharanya was saying to us yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's a market where everybody's trying to sell, but it doesn't seem that a lot of people really want to buy right now. Two one six. It's not great sellers either. There's no great talent. True. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Coming up at 840, we'll see if Joe Varden agrees or disagrees with that statement shared by Shams with us yesterday. And FML. Fix my life. I got to go around the room, and I got to go to some of you guys because I might be the only radio show host in America who doesn't want to do this. I'll tell you what it is next on The Fan. Jason has an explosive comment coming up at 8 o'clock. Stop saying that. Also, Fix My Life coming up here momentarily. I need to get the John and Wesley. Oh, God, this has a tendency to take over the entire segment. All right, John, go ahead. Yeah, hey, guys. How we doing? Hi. Um, yeah, I think we do have to trade Garland, and here's why. Today, you want him traded today? Yes, right. and here's why. He's small. He's bad defensively. He's expensive, and he doesn't. He hasn't shown that he can fit with Mitchell. We have to keep Mitchell. 
if if we go into this playoff run and we get bounced in the first round quick, we're screwed. He's gone. He's not good enough for us to build around. So if we can look towards somebody like Brooklyn and pick up Mikel Bridges or somebody along those lines, we have to explore it. They're gonna g- simple. Are they going to give you that for Darius Garland? I don't know. They might. They're not very good. Oh, hell, we don't know. They might just do it. I mean, he's, he apparently has value. Everybody talks like he's the best player in the history of the league in these parts. I'm not talking about the history of the that. league. Nobody has said that. Nobody has said that. Over-exaggerating a bit, but you know okay. what I mean. All right. No, I, I I believe his value is to this team. I do believe he has value with Darius Carlin. I don't know why with Donovan Mitchell. I don't know why. Why do we all of a sudden, why do I have to choose at the end of the season? Now, if they were to get bounced in the first round, fine. But what what trade am I going to make that makes it easier to get through the first round of the NBA playoffs? There isn't one right exactly. now. Exactly. So you can't trade. I'm not going to get trolled. You can't trade the guy. No, you, you control Darius for uh, yeah, four more years after this. You control Donovan for one more year after yes. this. Yes. So I don't need to make a choice for anything at the end of this season. I can work on getting Donovan Mitchell signed. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is going to say me or him. If he does, then maybe we can reevaluate all this. You can only go off the information you have in the moment, right? Fair? Yes. Yes. The information you have right now is this team is playing really well. Now, you can't, just because they're hot right now and they have played some bad teams, you can't say everything is perfect. It's not perfect. And some of these guys that are shooting it hot right now very well could go cold. But you can only go off of what you have right now. And what you have right now is a roster looks pretty good. And remember, just because the trade deadline is today doesn't mean they can't add to this team. There will be a buyout market that develops after the trade deadline. And they will probably be very active in that. They're going to try. They got about $3 million under the tax line. So they will try to be active with that to maybe bring in a big or bring in a ball handler or a wing. You, but you have to see who's out there first. You have to let that market develop. So it's not going to be tomorrow but it could be very soon. But it's not like this is the end-all, be-all because the deadline's today. Could Darius Garland be pressing? Joe Varden will answer that for us coming up at 840 right now. Fix My Life. <laughs> FML, <laughs> my life. My life. FML. Kenny, what do we do? Fixing lives. My life. I decided to ask this to two guys who are very well versed in Las Vegas. You've been to Vegas many times, I assume? Many, 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 many. Okay, and Owen would spend, I'm not joking, Owen would spend a month at a time. Yeah, he's there. been there more than I have. I think, right? Probably, I don't know, you might have been, I've probably been there more than you have, but you've been there more recently. You go to Summer League stuff, right? Yes. I haven't. Yes. When I was going there, there was Summer League, but it wasn't. Wasn't like yeah. this. You guys know me pretty well. As much as we, well, all three of us bicker with each other, actually. Um, actually, I just bicker with both of you. Maybe I should reevaluate myself. We know each other pretty well. I've never had the inclination to go to Vegas whatsoever. And I might be the only sports talk radio show host in America who has had no idea of wanting to go to Vegas. It's never. I've never been bit by the bug. I've never wanted to go. I've never yearned to go. I feel I would have just went back in the day if I ever wanted to go. And if I look at the destination places I want to go to, like Liz is making me go on a cruise this summer, and I didn't want to go on it, and I still kind of don't because I wanted to go to Alaska. And she goes, well, we could take the kids and do it all next year. And I said, all right, fine. Like, I made a list real quick. I don't want to do power rankings. Don't hit, the, don't hit the music going. The places I want to go, Alaska, England, Ireland, you know, that yep. whole thing. Yep. And then I wrote maybe France, but I kind of 
I might do a day in Paris. I kind of want to see the countryside. Yeah. In in Italy, like yeah. that might be the one. That's that's about it. Like I have no. And when it comes to America, like I'd like to see Los Angeles once. I'd like to see Seattle. Seattle looks like a fun place. I've never been to Texas. Where have you been? I haven't been further west than Kansas City. Wait, is is Ames, Iowa further west than Kansas City? No, I don't believe okay. it is. So I've never been further west than Kansas City, Missouri. Are you kidding me? I've never been I've been I've been from Key West, Florida to Portland, Maine. All up and down the East Coast. Yeah. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada. I've been to the Bahamas and the Caribbean and all that stuff. There's a whole world out there, buddy. I know. But when it comes to Vegas, like, and, and I, we're in this business, sports radio guys, I mean, a lot of them like, like that gaming, they did table games and things like that. And they love Vegas. And right now I'm see, like Landry, Landry is Mr. Vegas. And he is, I don't think Landry Locker has yeah. slept in 72 hours that can happen and you have a lot of sports talk radio show hosts who are going to come home with divorce papers <laughs> at the end of this week and i've never had the inclination to go to las vegas nevada sell a guy like me you know me well sell me on las vegas clearly you don't like to gamble then you're not a gambler no there there i mean there's a ton of other stuff to well, i shouldn't say a ton but there, there are a lot of shows. There's, there's a lot of shows to see. I don't like being not in control of the things, and I don't like, like craps. I don't know, I don't well, know enough about roulette. People, I don't know enough about. Some people treat a quote vacation to Vegas as a business opportunity, a, an opportunity to increase your capital, right? Oh, it sent me a map. Yeah, Kansas City is further <laughs> west from here. Than Barely. Barely. Go They're ahead. one parallel line away from each other. Well, if I turn the map in a certain way, go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah, a lot of people go out to Vegas for four days, whatever, but three of those days they plan to increase the money that they had right. before they went there, and then it doesn't and work it doesn't that work way. And it doesn't work that way. Vegas, anything But you over- can go to shows and things like that to... Anything over two days is too much, as far as I'm concerned. My, for, if you're really going to Vegas, Vegas. Okay, my boss at the other place is like, oh, Kenny, we got to get you out there. He goes like four times a year, and I'm like, I'm not. Now, but, there are people that go out. There's, there'll be a big concert, right? Or So you go for the big concert that's coming through town, and then you also go for the people that are doing, you know, they they have, I forget what it's called, when you do a show at a hotel for so many dates. Um, a residency. A residency, residency yes. It. Yeah, so you'll see that type of stuff, and then, you know, you get to see Penn and Teller and get to see some Tigers and things like that. And If you're lucky, you get to see the Tiger eat one. I mean, well, I mean, that happened back in the day. Judas Priest, you <laughs> psycho. Well, I honestly, like, I was actually in Vegas when the, the Tiger ate Roy. I was in Vegas when that happened. I was. Wrote about that. <laughs> I wasn't I at the show, but I, I would have wanted to see Siegfried and Roy I don't have any, like, I'm not going to, I don't, I, I don't mind Adele. I'm not paying like a thousand dollars a ticket to see Adele like they did next door. I won't do that. And I'm not really interested in all the other stuff. So I, I really, I can't, the, I'm not trying to be a funny duddy. I no, know I everybody know. likes Vegas except for the, me. The strip is phenomenal to just drive. To, it's just, it's mind blowing. The casinos and the architecture. Like you can spend a day just walking and looking Absolutely. at the architecture. Yes. Like walking through Caesars is phenomenal. You feel like you're well, outside, well, but you're inside. I saw Larry I like? Flint in the Venetian. That was pretty cool. What would I like? <laughs> I, sounds like nothing. But like, I've, I've I'm, lived I'm a, a pretty wild life before this, and I'm just like, eh. I'm a degenerate. I love to gamble. The things I you like, gamble. the things you like, are not. You don't get in Vegas, right? So you want to stay home and play college football 2014 on your PlayStation yeah. Two. Yeah. 
The only thing that I think I would like is the way Lima, he, he talked about March Madness in a sports book. It's awesome. How, pretty awesome. It's awesome. That's the only thing. Uh, that's the only way I think I'd ever like, okay, I'll go to Vegas with you guys. If you guaranteed right. me a spot there where I could people watch, m- you know, maybe I'd look at the game and, and play the games. I'm not sure when it comes to the, the basketball games because yeah. sports, it's like, all right, I talked myself into thinking I know sports. Whether or not I actually do, that's a different story. But I could talk myself into, all right, I got a thousand bucks. Let me put something down on here and then just watch the reactions of I people. I do think. I like to observe people. I think professional sports going to Vegas now gives you an opportunity to go there and take in a Browns game and then also do other things in Vegas. For a person like okay. you that's so sports focused, you know, that consumes your day, right? Yeah. That, so that'll give you a reason to go. I mean, when I was going, the best I could get was a Vegas Aces AAA game and get to yell at, you know, whatever up-and-coming Cubs prospect. People was. keep telling me buffets. I don't like buffets. The I know buffets what you guys all think of me. And I, the prices of skyrocket. Yeah, well, the buffets aren't what they used to be. Yeah, but I don't, you could give me a, a cheap buffet. I'm not going to eat it. Um, I don't eat a buffet regardless. There is some, there's some terrific restaurants there. There's some outstanding food there. But, I mean, you can find that anywhere. But the... What Lima said about March Madness is 100% true. That might be the if only you one. Go there, if you go there for like the opening weekend of March Madness, I did that. I was in Arizona for spring training, and I drove up to Vegas and did a story on uh, – I was at the Caesars Sportsbook, and then I went to uh, Jerry's Nugget and just compared and contrasted what March Madness is like in Jerry's Nugget and yeah. what it's like in Caesars. It was unbelievable. Jerry's Nugget's like in a rough part of North Las Vegas where – I think I put it in the group text. People are betting ten dollars on a twenty leg parlay, trying to win a couple grand. They got three ninety nine chicken parm. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a sad place, but it, that's where the locals that's where the locals go. Of but it's it's rough in there. And then you go to Caesars, and there's a doctor spending a thousand dollars a game. See, I want real Vegas. If, if I'm gonna go to Vegas, you I gotta want, go. You go to the strip. I want no, but I want Torres in Vegas. But I want a day of real Vegas, like you just described. Well, I want to see you the would real go to stuff. F- Fremont Street is in between. Like you don't want to go to where I was. Like we stopped. We, I'll, go I'll, to Fremont. I'll Street. say this real quick. When we stopped in Mexico on the cruise, I went to turn down an alley because I saw three guys playing cards at like the end of the alley, and Liz goes, "What the hell are you doing?" I go, "This is the real stuff. This is stuff they don't want me to see. I want to go see this." She goes, "Get over here right now." <laughs> I go, no, I'm going to go look. And they were just they were just rolling dice, playing dice. I know how to play dice. I was down with that. All right, coming up next, Jason has explosive comments. Stop that are apparently, saying that. You said it yourself. I did Jason not. Jason has explosive comments that are going to dominate Stop the rest of the show. That. Don't go anywhere. Take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. I can't wait to talk about this. No, don't. Don't do that. What is your don't problem? Do, then don't bring it to the show. Then don't bring it to the show. You can't come in, make the announcement you no, made no. in the room yesterday. <laughs> Did, did we not get the same text yes. yesterday? Yes, and that, that was I said it almost as like a fear that I didn't want this to happen. Didn't want what to happen? At the end of the show yesterday, at the very end of the yeah, show, I don't I don't remember how it got set up. Like, how did this even come you up? You just said it out no, of nowhere. No, I didn't. Some, oh, somebody called in. It was like you had info on my wife cheating on me, and you were going to be yeah. quiet, and then you were just like, I got to say it. <laughs> It's basically what you did, man. I'm not lying. You, you This is all on you. You can't but, blame me. But there was a call or something at the end of the show yesterday. I didn't just bring this up on my own. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No. Throw the throw the challenge flag and I don't think let's the, go to the video. I mean, callers try to bait me into things all the time, and I'm just like, no, I'm not giving you that. Goodbye. Like, you just, if a caller baited, it, baited you on it, it's still your fault. <laughs> 
You can't just blame callers <laughs> for saying things that you're not supposed to say. No, I, I, what the hell are you doing? I, I didn't want to. I, I, actually, I don't want to say this. You're humming a, humming a, humming a, humming a. Because I don't. All right, so listen. It has to do with LeBron, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the Cavs are 33 and 16 in second place in the East. Yeah. It's trade deadline day. Donovan Mitchell is rolling. He should be higher in MVP conversations. Like, today is not the day to talk about LeBron. But you wanted to, so here I we are. I didn't necessarily want to, but I'm in today, yes, and did. it came up at the end of the show. If you and didn't want to talk about it, you wouldn't have told us anything. I just, just because I text you something doesn't mean I want to. I didn't know it was a potential topic until you brought it up. I didn't know either. I had nothing written down And about then it. you so, brought it up because you wanted to talk about no, it. We're, we're I, pussyfooting around it enough. Go ahead and tell No, us. I just. Has I don't know LeBron the Cavs are 33 and 16. I don't They're have second any, in the East. I don't have any inside knowledge on this. I just think there's a chance he could come back this summer. That's all. I'm like in the minority oh, on that. No, 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 no. I'm in the minority on that, but I think absolutely he, he could come back this summer. I just think there's some things lining up that way. Now, it would be hard to do um, from the cap. Like, they'd have to do some gymnastics with the cap. I think it's different if I say I feel like he could come back this summer than if Jason Lloyd, yeah. the guy who's wrote LeBron books and First name been in the locker room with him, and when he sees you when he comes back, he goes, hey, Jay, what's up? Yeah, but I don't talk to I him. But I, I haven't had a I, – I see him once a year now. I'm not with him like I was before, and I don't talk to the people around him like I did before either. I am not in the more LeBron time than Lima sees his dad. And we always wonder when he's coming True. back. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, and, and pl- there are plenty of people who are with LeBron far more than I am who say there's no way that's not happening. That ship has sailed. I just think there's a chance he'd come back. That was really it. That's all. I think he'd come back this summer. You wrote explosive. I did not write explosive. That's not what I said. I don't think you said there was a chance. I think you said he was. No, I absolutely did not. You sure, Owen? I'm positive. Don't do that to me. I don't think I'm lying. pretty sure he said he was coming. I think you said it. No. You said it yesterday, buddy. No, that's not what I said. Now I'm trying to find the text of what I said. Walk it back all you want. I can't find it now. Yeah, well, you can't. Hey, you're the one who's on a first. Somebody did say the only difference between you and me is that you're on a first-name basis with LeBron. I don't know who said it, but somebody did tweet it. Now, you wouldn't see that because you turned off all your mentions. You can't see anybody. I still mentions. see some things. Yeah, when you want to, when you know people are going to agree with you over terrible points. Oh, that's not true. Okay. But I don't, I, it's not worth going back and finding the text. I, I just didn't want this to take over the show because it's, it's not going to take over the show. And it's it's disrespectful to the Cavs to it's even have It's disrespectful? This it is. To this current team, it is. They're 33 and 16 and second in the well, East. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you, we can talk two things. We can talk the now and we can talk big picture. 33 and 16 and second in the East is the now. Big picture is obviously you got a 40 year old man who might be wanting to come back. You said he might be wanting to come back. I mean, I talked to him at All Star Weekend and said, Would you ever come back again? And he said, I wouldn't close the door on that. And now, whoa! Oh, and whoa! That's not. That's not. That's not. That was two years ago. Like, why is that? Are you going to see him when, in Indianapolis? No, I'm not going. Why not? I'm not an NBA beat writer anymore. I'm not going to that. I'm going to spring training. So you're a Major League Baseball beat writer now? So you have a chance to talk to LeBron about coming back. You're going to go to spring training? Yeah. Okay. 
There's a, but as a fan of teams in this town, spring, I'm going to need you to change those plans. Spring head training is like three months long. I will long. drive you, you to Indianapolis. He can't do if both. That's a problem. How? I mean, spring training is not a weekend. Yeah. Spring training is a very long process. You I'm, can go to both. I'm going to spring training early this year, and then I'm going to the NFL Combine. I am not going to All Star Weekend. All Star Weekend's in like two weeks, right? He, yeah. He is. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to know. He thinks he knows. See, this is all. I'm not making this up. You said explosive comments. I never said explosive. You said I, now explosive. Now I gotta go find the text because I never said explosive. So when you said those that, those are your words. No, not you guys mine. hear what's going on with this guy? Is he knows he he doesn't want to know it. You're afraid. You're gonna go to spring training for the Guardians instead of All Star Weekend. I can understand you going to spring training for the Guardians after All Star Weekend. The Brown was just here a couple of weeks ago. You said you wanted ago. to go to the Combine. The Browns don't have a first-round pick. You're avoiding LeBron because you don't want to ask him because you know you'd have to ask him, and you don't want to hear the answer. You don't want to hear him say yes because for some odd reason you're afraid anymore of telling the truth. I thought you, you were tough-talking Jason Lloyd. All Am I wrong, Owen? I don't think I'm wrong about this. No, I don't think you are. Thank you very much. Mitch, am I wrong about this? I don't think you're wrong about that. I got two people right next to me on either side saying I'm not wrong. Here you are. Why are you denying the truth? Why would you deny the truth? Here's the text that I sent you guys. I'm going to be very, very careful with what I say about LeBron. I might even have a preamble, but I'm telling you a right preamble. now, it's going to take over the show tomorrow. Never said anything about explosive. It's not going to take over the, the show. The word explosive never came it's out. It's not going to take over the show. Why would it take over the show? Because once you mention LeBron in this town, it just becomes a lightning rod. It, do- it doesn't have to. Good. People, I don't people want complain it to. About I don't the co- want it to. People complain about the colors, guys. Of the colors you guys complain about... You should see how many just die on the vine of calls. I'm like, I'm not taking that craziness. No, there's not a chance in hell. So it doesn't have to be about LeBron for the next two hours. I can, I don't I want can it end be. it in this segment if I really want the to. The first thing I said when I walked in is, can we do it later? I didn't show want- has our names on it. We can't. We have Mary Kay at 920. We and have Joe Barton at 840. And, and you said that we built this and buffered it in so that it wouldn't take over the show. And I and said, okay. that's what I've done. And I said, okay, good enough. What, do you want to ask the callers if they want LeBron back no, this summer? No, I don't want to do that. Then no. what did you want to say? It just came up at the end of the show about LeBron, and I said something, and you said, whoa, there's a cliffhanger. Well, it was. So then in the text, I just said, and I, it was almost like a fear of, so I don't want this do to this. take over the show. Here let's listen to the end of the show That's yesterday. That's the best yes. thing about 45 yes. seconds. I will give you this. You did not say the word explosive. Listen to what you said. 100%. So I, mean, I don't know if that's one of the reasons. I put Kyrie we, number two, but I don't we, know if that's one we, of the reasons. We, we might be having that conversation anyway this summer. Oh. Whoa! You want to do that tomorrow? That's all. Goodbye. Well, you'll That's, be back tomorrow. I yeah, will be back you, tomorrow. You have to come back. What a cliffhanger, everybody. You said on that. We, we've, we've been doing this show for four hours. Just pull a grenade and pull the pin and throw the grenade. Yeah. And what <laughs> does a grenade do once you pull the pin I out, never said They explosive. explode. I never said explosive. They ex- you said a grenade. I said pull and the pin. When and- I think of a grenade... I think of explosive, so I I implied it as explosive. You're talking about LeBron James, greatest player to ever do it. You're talking about possibly a third trip. I, I think. It now, could I happen, said no yeah. to a trade for LeBron. I didn't say no to him possibly coming back this summer. I think it could happen. I do. There's a lot of things that have to line up. I mean, this is the Brownie draft. He's not worth the first round pick right now, but the Cavs have their first round pick. I got no problem bringing Brownie here. I got nothing against that kid. Uh, for whatever reason, you, Steven Jackson has something against that kid. Or No, wait. He has something against Austin Rivers for talking about Bronny. Could we overdraft him and LeBron take the mid-level because of it? 
I mean, that's what he said when I talked to him. Got a first-round pick this year. That's what he talked. That's what he said when I talked to him at All Star Weekend because he said he's not coming back for the mid level. He's not a mid level player. It'd be a max, and that's where the prop. That's where the cap gymnastics come in because if he only wants a max, it's going to be hard for this team as presently constructed to get to fifty million. Well, I mean, I'll try unless it's a sign and no, trade. Hold on here, and I'll, then you I'll, need the Lakers cooperation. He, I mean, Bronny's averaging what six a game at USC right now. I mean, he's not a first-round prospect. I didn't say that. I said let's make a deal. I'm trying to. I'm trying to win basketball games at an yeah. obscene level, and if we want to put the band, quote unquote, back together, all right, you'll sign the mid-level exception. I'll. I'll trade. I'll. I'll draft your son. Yeah, and that's and, draft your kid. And, we have Isaiah Mobley on the team, right? I. I just think if you put LeBron in this team, they'd win a championship. Period. It would now you'd have to move some pieces to get them, so it's not going to be this team as presently constructed, and you would almost need the Lakers to play ball probably in a sign and trade, and I don't know how they would get valuable pieces back. Like you'd have to move. Would you it, move it depends Darius, on the it depends on the contract. If you he's move taking Darius Garland for LeBron this summer, no, because they're both rep by Rich. Listen to this guy. Wow, he's really going in on it now. Two one six. Four seven four to below ninety two. That that that's your own fear of not wanting to hear the truth from LeBron James. That's why you're going to spring. You are avoiding him. I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. Who? LeBron. They what were just did he here. say? What did he say? Nothing. You didn't t- wait. Wait. You didn't. You didn't ask him. You didn't ask him. Answer the question, Jason. This is an off the record conversation. Oh! <laughs> no. Listen. Listen. This is juicy. No. 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 Listen. His last year here, I have a contact in my right finger. I don't care. I got I got solution for you right over here. I swear to God. Go ahead. Keep keep talking. His, Can you his, see this? His <laughs> last year here, <laughs> I had conversations with him all year of you're not I know you're not coming back, but I haven't figured out where you're going yet. And he would not say one th- he would just where else say is he, gonna go? he would just say, We'll see. Where else is no, he this go? was his last year I know. in Cleveland. Twenty eighteen. Catch right? this. Where else is he going to go? If he wants to leave Los Angeles, where else is he going to go? Well, that's the thing. A lot of people who are around him much more than I am say right. he's finishing his career there. I'll, if, if you want to get in on this, 216-474-No, hey, hold on. Shh. Listen. I, Shut up. God. Shut up. Listen to this. It's a show for the people, Jason. 216-474-0092. If you want to get in on LeBron, I'm going to take two calls, and that's it. <laughs> two calls. So if you want to get in on it, 216-474-0092. I'm going to take two calls. We're going to move on. We're going to move back to the Cavs. Okay? All right. Two. Fair. Two. And Fair. we're going to move on. We will go back to this current Cavs team. So if you want to get in on it, maybe you do, maybe you don't. 216-474-0092. I will take two. So you better have a good one coming up. And Joe Varn at 840 on the fan. Pull a pin and throw the grenade. Come on! <laughs> Pull a pin and throw the grenade. Yes. Yeah, you said it. Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Pull a pin and throw the grenade. Jared says, thanks to Jason's bombshell news reporting. It's I'm, not a news report. I'm cashing in my son's college fund and buying me some season tickets for LeBron's return season. Who needs a college degree? And you can see LeBron one more time. Thanks, Jason Lloyd. That's from Jared on Twitter. You know what I say, Jared, when it comes to your son's college tuition? Pull a pin and throw the grenade. You could just sell them. The kids? Oh, no, no, no. Hey, no. when it comes to keeping your children, pull a pin and throw the grenade. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right, I promised you. Two calls. They are. <laughs> it is. 
We have a bus of people who want to get in here. <laughs> so I'm putting it on Mitch. I said, you pick the two best you think, and that's that's all we're going to take. That's all we're going to take. I promised two calls, and we're moving on to other Cavs stuff because Jason is terrified. He is. Just, I didn't want this to take over the whole show. You make the rules, buddy. If I'm, you're just joining us, Jason said, well, say it again. I just think there's a chance he could come back this summer. I think he's he? clearly he's fed up with what's it, going on in Los Angeles right now. Then you said he had an offer to the record conversation with well, him when he was in town a, a month he ago. Said nothing. Throw the he said nothing in that off the record conversation that would lead me to believe that he would come back. He said nothing, nothing. He said nothing. That's just because you had your he fingers said in your ears and you were going blah, 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 blah. He said nothing. Pull the pin and throw the grenade. You were going, there's a grenade in here. Yeah, that's what you were doing. You said that, and then you're telling me, well, I'm not going to All-Star Weekend. Why? I'm going to spring training. Spring training is like eight months long. But I, I would need my company to send me to All-Star Weekend, and they're not sending me. Are they sending Joe Varden? Uh, I, I think Joe's going. Yeah, he normally goes. <laughs> oh, Joe's going to join but us Joe's at 840. Joe's an NBA writer. good. Joe's an NBA writer. Okay. Wear your flak jacket, Joe. Yep. I am not an NBA writer at The Athletic anymore. Jason is pulling the pins and throwing the grenades. Be careful. Pull the pin and throw the grenade. So Jason said there's a very good possibility. That I never back. said that. Stop doing that. Stop running away from what you're trying to say, buddy. I'm going to take said, two calls. Uh, real quick, I there are people around him far more than I am who say, you're nuts. There's no way he's coming back. Hey. He's happy in L.A., Savannah's happy in L.A. Savannah's not leaving L.A. He's never played away from his family. You fly anywhere in the world whenever you want to. I'm just telling you. Well, people that? who she are more connected. House and bath, and right? in fact, yeah. we're going to have someone on in 15 minutes who talks to LeBron far more than I do anymore. I have absolutely nothing against him or his family, but they can still live in Los Angeles. That's not a big deal. I just think there's a chance. That's so, all I'm saying. I just right. think there's a chance. Two calls. We're moving on. First one up. Congratulations goes out to Jeff in University Heights. Apparently, you have made the cut. You're next up on the fan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think that the most important thing for LeBron coming forward is to play with his son. And I think that whatever team he ends up on, nobody else will draft Bronny. And he's got his rings. I think that uh, he would love to end. It's romantic. He would love to end his career here playing with Bronny in his hometown area. And he does have a chance to win with the Cavaliers going through the East, at least get to the finals, better than staying where he is in the West. And we could maybe give Garland and something else to L.A., and then we have now our number two guard. Jeff, thank you very much for the call. Jeff's the first one in. Okay. Do you have any, do you have any response to any of that? Uh, you wouldn't have to trade Garland. You would do, you would do it with I think a lot pieces. of people are actually assuming that. Because, well, because we've been talking about – People wanting to trade Garland, yeah. and I think there's people looking for reasons to trade Garland, but I think a lot of people are like, well, you don't want to give up Donovan Mitchell. Who would you give up? you got to give up something for him if you were going to do a sign-and-trade. Well, if it's a, you, you, you would need L.A. to play ball. And Why wouldn't they play ball? Because the, You want him a championship. Because the Cavs don't have the cap space to absorb him. So the anvil is, if you don't trade me to Cleveland, then I'm going to go sign with... Detroit like that's not much of leverage for LeBron so that's what I'm saying there there are gymnastics here to work through that they would have to figure out one call we move on okay okay holding your hand through this entire process <laughs> here we go the next caller the final LeBron call we are going to take Rich and Ash Dabula. congratulations you've made the cut you're next up on the fan Rich yeah I won the lottery uh 
Great show, guys. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want LeBron back. This is our time to prove that we can win a championship without LeBron. Yeah, we won a championship with LeBron, but to me, it was bittersweet. It took somebody that had to come back to Cleveland to win it for us. How is it bittersweet uh, to win a championship? There and- are people who feel that way, Jason. I'm not one of them, but there are people Sounds like, like you're standing in the middle way. of the road. Please don't get hit by a car. Well, well, wait a minute. He might have pulled off to the side of the road to make sure he had a good call in there. Rich, well, you maybe felt he it, pulled the pin you, in the car. You thought it was bittersweet? Yeah, I mean, it took LeBron to come back for us to win another championship, or to win a championship, I'm sorry. What's wrong with that? Hmm. I mean, it was the way he did it the first time, leaving. I mean, I, to me, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's an arrogant guy, to, as far as I'm concerned. All right, arrogant Rich. Guy. Okay. Uh, you know, there would be a time. Thank you very much for the call. I feel completely differently about you about the second time LeBron came back. I'll say that. Before, I would have farted in Rich's general direction and said, guys, they're not winning a championship. You know, with it. Eh, this is a weird NBA we're going through right now. I, I do think they could, I mean, they could make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're more than capable of that. And I think they could, I mean, they could, depending on how things fall, I think they could get to the NBA Finals this year. I really do believe that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they wouldn't take him back. I'm not saying that at all. But there is very much a motivation to do this without him. Clearly. Wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't yeah. you want to be able like, yeah. – because there is a feeling in the organization. There has to be a feeling in the organization. Now, you're around him, obviously. I, I'm I, – sometimes they act towards us like they're not even in the city. But there has to be a feeling with them. It's like if we could just get out from underneath because he's still playing. Yes. And so he comes back to town every yes. year. And there is a he's never going to not be here for something. He'll be back for reunions in 2026 and 36. We're only his two years away from the 10-year reunion. Yes, that his, blows my mind. Jersey's going to be raised. Yeah, that's right. His jersey's going to be raised. The whole thing. He still has businesses in Northeast Ohio. The whole thing. Like, he's never going away. And I do think there has to be part of it. While you can respect the history, respect what he did, there's also, hey, you kind of want to be able to do it without Absolutely. Him. Because I think the Patriots will get to that level. It's like, hey, man, like we gotta we gotta move past the specter of Tom Brady yes. at some point. And and to their credit, you know, when he left the second time, I said like the, the when LeBron left the first time, the whole plan was we got to get him back. That yes. was the plan. I wrote a book on it. Spent four years laying that out the path. I read. You gave it to me for free. Oh, you're the one. Yeah. They for four years they laid out this. What do we do to get him back? They stockpiled draft picks. They drafted Kyrie. They drafted Tristan. On down the line. When he left the second time, the plan couldn't be wait for 38, 39, 40-year-old LeBron to come back. They had to do it without him, and they have. They've rebuilt this thing top to bottom without him, and that is credit to them. This front office has done an incredible job of talent development, of finding guys on the margins and turning them into NBA players, from Dean Wade to Sam Merrill. Uh, Lamar Stevens last year helped them. Like These are developmental pieces. These, these were not high draft picks. These are guys that they – identified as guys who could they could work with and mold into players, and they've done that. That's a credit to them. They've done it without him. Yes. But now if he wants to come back and put nudge it over the top, I'm okay with that. Mitch is, like, hitting the panic button because there's a call he wants me to take. I, I Listen, I'm a man of my word, Mitch. Do you want me to do it? Is I mean, this- if, if you want to keep your word, that's totally fine. I just like the call. What do you want me to do, Owen? I, will, I think we should do what's best for the show. And if sometimes that means we go back on the thing that we said last segment, 
to make the show better. This segment, maybe we should take that call. What do you want me to do, Jason? It has our name on it. You're filling in for Anthony, so your name's on it today. What do you want me to do? You want me to take this call? I mean, if, if the one that he has a bunch of exclamation points next to it. Here, let me answer for I, Jason. I, I Pull the pin and throw the grenade. All right. <laughs> taking your uh, taking your advice. All right, this is it, though. All right, one more. One more call. That's it. Craig and Akron. Craig, hello. Hey, what's up, Wire? Hi. I did not I, I, I did not overemphasize anything with a bunch of explanation points. Just want the fake media to know this, first off. <laughs> Second off, my point my point is you don't want to give up young players for an old guy. He's not winning on the Lakers. Why would he win on the Cavs plus us needing to give up really good players for him? Okay. Why are you listening to the fake media? Why are you calling into a fake media show? Tell me more, Chris. Well, what, b- before I called in, you guys didn't say make up lies that I was putting explanation points. That had on nothing everything. to do That's with you. That's what Mitch said. That's Mitch what said the there was guy exclam- you talked Mitch, to Mitch first. Whoever said that, whoever said that, I was talking in a calm voice, and I gave my opinion. Oh my God, I, Craig, there was no Craig, explanation Craig, points. you were being way too literal about it. Mitch said you had a you good call. The only reason oh, you're on the air the right now is because Mitch, Mitch advocated thought you for had you, a good call, Craig, which he was wrong about. Okay. So far. <laughs> so far. Yeah, it could you could be good if you ever got around to the like, call. Like Mitch, your words do not just pop up on the screen and then I decide to take them. Craig. Craig, Craig. your words do not just pop oh, yeah, up Craig, on the screen. Oh yeah, Craig, whatever. Sorry, Craig. Mitch put you into the system with exclamation points after it saying you should take this call. Okay. His decision making will now be reevaluated. Thank you so very much. Take the call. That's the end of the call. He didn't get to the point that, that I wanted him to make. No, he made the point. He Mitch, made the point. He, made, he said he didn't want an old man on the team. He didn't want the old man, and he didn't want and to he, trade young players. He for did him. call us the fake. Did media. he have something else to say? No. Seemed that he did. All right. How? Fa- what's the ceiling for this Cavs team? That's the end of the LeBron calls. Thank I'm not you. taking any more. You got a bunch of people here. Ain't doing it. No. It's Cavs Day. Current Cavs Day. How, how high is the ceiling for the Cavs now? Without LeBron, don't tro- don't Trojan horse me here. Without LeBron, 216-474-0092. No more talk of LeBron James on this show. No more. So how high is the ceiling now for this Cavs team? Because it, it kind of goes into the conversation we were just having. I'm going, well, they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they could do all this when they go against Boston, and they could get to the NBA Finals because – I mean, Oklahoma City's good. Minnesota's pretty good. I know they just made a trade. There's a possibility. I want to ask this question to Joe Varden. Coming up next on The Fan. Will the Cavs stand pat? Will they make a move? Do you want them to make a move? Could Darius Garland be pressing? These are questions. And the man to answer him, Joe Varden. He joins us right now from The Athletic. He's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Joe, how the hell are you? Well, it's good to talk to you, Ken. Um, I don't know that I'm the person to answer this. I feel like Jason and I, for the last three weeks, like we, we trade off and on going to these Cavs games, and we write roughly the same thing. We just put each other's name on it. So <laughs> I'll try to say something different than what Jason has to say, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get there. That won't be hard. I don't say very much. <laughs> good morning, sweetheart. Hi, honey. Oh my God in heaven. Okay, real quick. Hey, when players play, when when good teams play against bad teams, do the good teams tend to have a little bit more confidence against the bad teams? Oh, here we go. Hang on. You oh, need. Hold you, on. No. No. I asked you, him the question. You I asked need the question. more. You need. You need. He I needs asked context. The question. I, that's the context. Answer. I'm sorry, Joe. Answer the question, please. I would say they come in with a certain apathy. And the apathy. Other way around. 
yeah, it's like, uh, we have to do this again. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ken and I basically came to blows yesterday because Ken said it is a non-serious conversation to talk about Evan Mobley needing to shoot more threes. I didn't say it was non-serious. You did. I didn't say non-serious. When you called me last week and then you ran and hid in the bathroom on the toilet, you said it was a non-serious conversation. You don't know what I was doing in there. You called it a non-serious conversation. And did not say it was not. And so when I brought up the point that, well, gee, he seemed to look good shooting him against San Antonio, Ken said that doesn't count because the Spurs are a say, bad team. I didn't say it didn't count. I did not say it And then he made two count. more last night, but, said, oh, doggone Joe, it, the Wizards suck, Joe, so that doesn't count either. Joe, Joe, I said I would hope he'd shoot more threes against San Antonio. San Antonio's terrible. And then, like that has anything to do with that's it. That's all I had said, Joe. That's all I said. I didn't say the threes didn't count. The wins count. The threes count. Sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Well, uh, I like what I've seen from Evan the last two nights. Um, you know, he, he made three threes uh, on Monday at home, and then last night he made two more. Uh, and he understands the impact that that makes on this team. I asked him last night um, if when he's standing there, he's wide open, and w- what he sees and what he sees is the difference um, that, that uh, the difference for the team when he actually takes these shots. And he said that he sees – more spacing for other guys. He said that he felt like he wasn't left in the fourth quarter uh, as he may have been uh, more often earlier in the year or last year, um, which he said he thought like gave uh, Donovan a little bit more room to work. Oh, look um, at that. Yeah. So that, that's pretty good. Wait, I mean, oh, like, look you know, at that. That's, oh, my God. Yesterday at shoot-around, too, um, you know, Evan was one of the last guys on the floor just getting them up. You oh, know, every corner. All I around, never, so he's he's he trying. Shoot around, it. it's commendable. He said shoot around. My issue was this, Joe. I was like, okay, if you're gonna shoot three a game, why not just have him shoot six or seven a game against some of these terrible teams, so he can find more spots on his floor. So, do you believe that Evan Mobley can find his spots on the floor from beyond the arc that would make him a threat to good basketball teams that he'd play in the postseason, or is it too do late you, in the season? No. Do, do you consider Giannis a three-point threat? I mean, I consider Giannis a threat from just about anywhere. Yeah, and, and obviously, like, Evan doesn't play with nearly the force that Giannis plays. But the point is, is Giannis shoots sub-30% from three, but people still guard him out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen this in the league now, like, over the last eight, nine years, where players turn themselves into three-point shooters on a dime. So I don't know about the seven, you know, or eight threes a game. No, that's uh, nuts. Attempt, but, but, just go yeah, nuts. Just go I, hog I, wild. Yeah, I think you can get to a point where Evan shoots enough of those that whoever's on him that night cannot sag off and go double on Donovan. And that would be great for the Cavs if that, if that materialized. Excellent. Should Donovan be an MVP candidate? So I, I asked our, our colleague, uh, John Hollinger, yesterday, I asked him to name me 10 players in the NBA better than Donovan. Uh, and he, the first text I got back was Sam Merrill and nine other guys, but, but then he, uh, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> but then he said, no, he's like Don, that Donovan's there. Um, he's just not going to get more credit until he wins in the playoffs, which is, I think Jason, you wrote that yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And that's, that's right. I mean, when you watch him, he is, um, Donovan is actually freakishly strong, I would say, for how, like, he's not that tall. Um, he is a rock. Uh, you cannot knock him off his path um, on his way to the rim or in midair. He jumps through you. 
He's obviously uh, an excellent shooter from deep, and he's changed the way he plays this year um, to make the team better and also to compensate for the injuries that they had in December. So, I, yeah, I mean, like, if I'm thinking about, you know, MVPs, you know, I mean, I I like Gilgis Alexander right now. Uh, you know, I like Giannis. I like Jokic. I like Doncic. Um, and then I, I would – I would consider on my ballot uh, Donovan uh, maybe as that fifth guy. And I do have a vote. Um, you know, he's not going to win. We, we know that. And, and I do think the playoff, um, the playoff discussion is, is legitimate when we, you know, think about the calculus for him. But, yeah, I think he is in that 5 to 10 range right now as when we're talking about best players in the league. I really do. Joe Varden joining us from The Athletic on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Is there any chance that Darius Garland might be pressing? Ooh, I don't know if pressing is right. I mean, I, I do know how this looks. Um, and last night was another uh, tough night uh, on, on the stat sheet. I, I think it's more like, you know, I mean, like his jaw was wired shut for weeks. I mean, he still couldn't open his mouth in, in Paris. Um, so he's, he, whatever calories he was getting, he was taken through a straw and you can't run, you can't do anything. So, so I, I actually think that he is more of just trying to play himself back into form. Um, I do think that, you know, there is a discussion to be had about his place on this team with Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, and, and one of them having to sacrifice. And we know that by and large, it has been Darius. Um, but I think the way the Cavs play right now and, and how quickly they move the ball, how many threes they get up, I think Darius can fit in that and actually shine a little bit more um, closer to his 2022 style. So I'm going to, for now, I'm going to say this is more of um, a conditioning rust issue than, than pressing. He's only played 25 games this year. People are being so critical of him, though. He's only, like, we're at the All-Star break, but he's only played 25 games. And I, I think we're late in the year but he's missed so much time that he really, yeah. if we were only 25 games in the season, I don't think people would be losing their minds over it, You're but right. he's only played 25 games. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, that's right. Um, you know, I think, I think everybody, and, and this kind of goes when people think about the Cavs in general, I think the playoffs were such a letdown and such a disappointment that um, it, it's almost like, people don't want to believe what they see overall with this team um, because of what happened last, last April. And I think that we, we might go there with Darius a little bit, like, uh, you know, we're supposed to, the Cavs are supposed to have this dynamic guard tandem and, you know, maybe Darius's numbers have taken a hit since Donovan's come aboard. Um, and then you see what's going on with him this year. That's, you know, I mean, certainly uh, statistically it's one of her, his worst years in a while, but, um, I, I, again, I just think, yeah, the combination of not playing very much, uh, not playing, you know, the, the injury situation that he had with the jaw, um, you know, and I, and I think that the way they play now, they had not played last year. I mean, they were definitely like a, um, you know, a more traditional offense in terms of the two bigs and how they used them last year, um, less space for Darius. So when he gets moving uh, again, I think physically, you know, we're going to have a chance to see him play closer to, to what we were used to before before Donovan arrived. The great Joe Varden with us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. All right, settle down. Do you see? Do you? Oh, great. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Nobody can be great from the athletic except for Jason, apparently. Um, do you do you see any Cavs moves? You guys say I have an ego. Do you see any Cavs moves coming this afternoon, or is or are they going to stand pat? Well, I think they I think they tried. Um, I, I think they made some calls. I think that they were uh, in on you know we say in on a couple of guys. Um, they weren't needle movers. And, you know, so then I, I just I don't think that it's worth the um, whatever capital that they'd have to spend to get these guys back. So I don't think that they will do anything today. Um, we've seen, you know, as, as anybody says this time of year, um, you know, we'll we'll have to wait till three o'clock to be sure. Sure. But it, it just looks and sounds like this is not a team that's going to make that move. Um, you're, next, you're probably going to ask me if that's if they should be, be thinking about that. I just don't, you know, I, I, I have questions um, about how Dean is going to play in a, in a pressure situation. And, and can I, can Isaac make threes and stay on the floor? Um, you know, and then even how like, you know, bona fide starters, borderline all-stars like, like Jared Allen, you know, Evans further back in that part of the conversation, but he's very important piece. How do they do in pressure situations? I, I don't know that they could have, address any of that um, in a trade, you know, and so like you feel good about what you see now with this team and how some of those guys I mentioned certainly improved from last year, but the playoffs are a different beast as we all know. Um, none of those guys were very good in those situations last year. And so, you know, they're, they're going to have to make amends uh, come this April. You bring up an excellent point that I've tried to make a couple times and I don't know if it came out clearly they moved on from Kevin last year because Dean was playing well. And then Dean just fell off a cliff and threw up all over his shoes. There was injury involved. There was a lot. There, there's factors why. But here we are again, and Dean is playing really, really well. But can you trust that to continue to April, May, and June? But I guess I would also say you have to give them the chance to learn from last year, and you don't know until you get there. And by then, maybe it's too late. But they, they, you have to give them the opportunity to see if they've learned from past mistakes. Is that fair? Is that, is that a coherent statement? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the point, I mean, that, that is, a, uh, it's a, it's a very valid point about what happened last year. Um, you know, they, I, I mean, I'm certainly looking back on it. Uh, you can't argue that they moved on from Kevin uh, hastily. Um, he had more or less to give and, you know, he played in the finals. Uh, he was a starter uh, on a final team. And, and the replacement that they had in mind for him did not pan out. Now, that player is better this year. We, we need to see. I think the, part of it, though, was is, is Dean was struggling already. Like, as soon as Kevin was traded, Dean was, Dean was a mess. And so they went all the way from about now uh, – or, excuse me, Kevin was bought out. Sorry. But, but they went from about now all the way into April not really knowing what they were going to do at that spot. Like, they, they didn't have an answer. They didn't know if they were going to play Isaac or if they were going to play Dean or if they were going to play Jetty, um, who might end up as a, a bought out, um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, by the way. Um, they didn't know. And so they get to the New York series, and JB is tinkering on the fly. I think now they know. Like, they know who they want to play. They know who the top nine are, and then they know who the top ten are. Um, and, and the wild card is another guy that I know we both like, Sam Merrill, um, who 
you know, if you're if if you have Dean ranked above him right now because he's a shooter with size, um, and Dean struggles, you know, Sam is that instant offense type player who can be a capable defender, but he's just like the way he plays is it's I, it would almost be like a more um, reliable insurance option than I think they went into last year. So. Uh, yes, I think you need to let them uh, – we, we need to see if these guys learn from last year. But I also don't think there's much of a choice. Um, and I feel better about where they are at this point heading in uh, than we did last year just because, um, you know, th- there isn't like an ongoing crisis of con- confidence among these role players. And there was at this time last year. Joe, thank you very much for the time. Enjoy your time. I think you're at a diner and you take care. All right, I am, and I will. Thank you. Thank you, Joe Varden from The Athletic on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. That's Joe Varden from The Athletic talking about whether or not the Cavs would make moves. I want to ask Jason Lloyd about that here momentarily. However, Donovan Mitchell was asked after the Cavs' big win over the Washington Wizards. I can't say it's a big win. They beat a nine-win basketball team, but a nice win over the Washington Wizards. Donovan Mitchell, who scored 40 points last night, was asked whether or not the Cavs need anything at the trade deadline. Well, I mean, the fact that I didn't know it was tomorrow, I think, speaks volumes. Um, I think we're, I think we're in good shape. You know, I think, every, I don't think anybody in the locker room is thinking about it. Like I said, the fact that I don't think we've ever talked about it outside of other teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that just speaks volumes to what we got going on here. And you know, I think we're in good shape. You know, I think we all think that and feel that, and we have, we have a lot to accomplish with this group. So I think we're excited about that. Donovan Mitchell yesterday, love what he had to say. What you think of that, Jason? Uh, everybody in the NBA knows when the trade deadline is. Everything else is fine. I agree. They don't need. They, there's no move out there to make right now. Well, he said he'd be. They were interested. Like you had to do your job. You can't. If you're Kobe Altman and Mike Ganzi, you can't just sit there and go, "No, we're good." Like you have to of look course. up anything. Yes, of course. So, but I, I also think like, who would I? Is there anybody I'd be interested in in letting go right now to to bring in? Like I don't know who you could bring in. I mean, some people calling about Kyle Kuzma a month ago but it's like eh. he makes a ton of money yeah so where else <laughs> what am i supposed to do like I, they all have they all have their roles like before the season started I'd be like yeah i'd like to move on from isaac okoro and i'm like oh, he's starting to hit a shot here or there and i'd like his defense karis lavert a lot of people were going after karis lavert last year but i think he's become a little it feels like he's become a little bit more consistent maybe some numbers don't back me up on that but he feels like he's become a little bit more consistent i've really liked karis lavert this year there's nobody really where else I would I would go with any of this. And they brought Karis LeVert back. I thought they had to, but they they did. The, everything is predicated by the cap. Every move that you make is predicated by the cap. And the cap isn't – it's not difficult to understand if you really dig into it, but it drives everything that it, – it drives conversations. It, it prevents things from happening that if you don't know the cap, you understand you, – you wouldn't understand why it doesn't get done. And that's not to that's not trying to sound like hoity toity or anything. You just the cap drives everything. And when a guy's making thirty million dollars and you're only three million from the tax line, well then you've got to send them back twenty, twenty five million in salary. Mm-hmm. And who on this team are you willing to part with that's making that type of scratch? Mm. And so that's why Call it scratch. Scratch. So that's why All right, daddy and, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't go into the tax right now. That would be it would actually be irresponsible at this point to go to the tax and start that tax clock now because it's going to haunt you years from now. It may not matter now, but it's going to haunt you in a few years, and it's just not worth it. If Anthony Davis becomes available and you want to go into the tax, okay, that's not happening. So it's for just a random rotation player that may or may not be better than what you have. It's not worth starting 
the the luxury tax repeat offender clock for just a random anybody. So you have to stay under that tax line. Well, I, I don't think there's any big carrot out there that's dangling right now. So the next question you have to ask, even if there were, and people have called in about you-know-who in the past already, and I'm not going to bring him up because I told you, and I'm a man of my word, I was going to leave it there, and that's where it was when you told me what you told me at 8 o'clock. And if you want to hear what, what Jason told me at 8 o'clock, go back and listen, 92.3thefan.com, and absolutely on the free, absolutely free Odyssey app. Going back to 8 o'clock and what Jason said, which he said could have taken over the show, but you know I'm the police around here, so I made sure it didn't. But you see if, how it could have. Yeah, oh, absolutely it could have. I, I saw. I, I figured the phone lines would light up. That's why I said two and two only, and then I took a third, and we ended up getting bit yeah, by but it. but you're a man of your word. So I asked you guys. I am a man of my word, but I am easily manipulated. <laughs> so I have to ask this next question. What, how high is the Cavs ceiling? And I think when you really start to think about this, I'm trying not to be – I am a homer, and I have no problem admitting that. But I also have to try – I have to attempt – to be realistic about it. All right, Boston's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I don't think Milwaukee's going away. Agree. What do I make of the Knicks and Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and everybody? Like, I know they beat the Brakes office last year. Yep. Respect where it's deserved. But I feel like this, and I don't want to get fooled again. That's why when we talk about ceilings, I, I, I want to go through all these doors, but I want to be careful because I really thought that they would beat the Knicks, and you, you didn't want to get a bunch of hell on Twitter. You were kind of going, meh, last year. I remember trying to call you out on it. You really wouldn't commit to it, and then you ended up being right. What do I make of the Knicks right now? They're still not a, a good matchup for this team, but I don't think you have to. You're not going to face them right away, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. Um, Philly, you got Philly, three Philly, and a half more weeks until. Philly is a problem. Tell me why. If they fall without Embiid, you don't want to see Philly in the first round. You don't want if you're the Cavs, you do not want to see Philly in the first round. I, I'm that's kind of what I'm more. So if you, I mean, if you're the two seed and they fall to seven, you're the three seed, six. You know, three six that'd be a bad matchup. For seeing them. the wrong team in a matchup, seeing the 76ers. You know, the Knicks again, that would just be, like, if they lost to the Knicks again, I feel like an Ohio State fan that just lost to Michigan again. Guys, remember, I'm not a big Ohio State fan, so I know that's not the same thing, but that's how I feel about the Knicks losing, or the Cavs losing to the Knicks again. If they lost to Philadelphia, that's the one that you have to point attention to. Like, boy, if you lost that one, it's like, all right, if you played, if we thought that they were going to be like a five seed, and they played the 76ers who were a four seed, or three, three six, whatever, you lost to Joel Embiid in the 76ers. If I were to tell you that back in January, you'd be okay. Yeah, that's the way it goes. But now, I think that might throw you into a tizzy. I mean, they're only a game out of the four spot. They're, in, they're, they're the two seed right now, but they're a game out of four. And I, So I, it's still very tightly bunched. And if they bring back Joel Embiid and they fall to that seven seed, that's where I'm going, man, I... Yeah, yeah you... If they lose in the first round, it's again, make it, doesn't, all overreact. it doesn't matter who the opponent is. People are getting fired if they lose in the first round. Yeah. And yeah. when you say ceiling, though, that's different to me than expectation. A ceiling is how high you can go if everything goes right. Expectation is this is what I expect out of you. I don't expect them to make the conference finals, but I think their ceiling is the conference finals. If the matchups fall right, if they're hot at the right time. You got to get lucky. If you get a couple breaks go your way, they can make conference finals. Uh-huh. I don't think they can get by Boston. I think Boston's just enormous. 
they're long, they're athletic, they're really good, and they've been there before. And they're, they're grizzled and experienced, and I think this might be their year. Especially, certainly to come out of the East, I think. And I agree with you on Milwaukee. Listen, Milwaukee's got Giannis. You've always got a chance. And, and Dame now, they don't guard very well, but I think that's a veteran team that's bored, and they'll be fine. They're the Chiefs of the NBA. Oh, that's a terrible comparison well, to make. But the Chiefs, we kept saying all year long. That I didn't say I, it was I don't, I don't mean that they're as dominant as the Chiefs. I mean, we spent all season saying what's wrong with the Chiefs, uh-huh. and they're in the Super Bowl. You I didn't get, say it was that, a bad comparison. That could, I said it made me uncomfortable. It could easily be the same thing with Milwaukee. Yeah. But my expectation is they better get out of the first round. They better at least get to the second round. Well, ceilings ceilings and expectations. And, yeah, I'm going to parse words here. Ceilings and expectations become two different things. Right. And so what's their ceiling? I think the ceiling is the NBA Finals. I think they could possibly – something has to happen to Boston. A lot of things have to go. But I do believe that their ceiling, like, they could get to the NBA Finals. I think their ceiling on the downside – I think their ceiling, their ceiling on the downside is the Eastern Conference Finals. What I think their goals are is to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say definitively they can't make the finals. That would be foolish. But typically, historically, in the NBA, there are steps to this. Last year was step one, getting to the playoffs. True. This year would be step two, advancing to the playoffs. Next year would be a finals expectation. Even or, Golden State had to go through it yeah, with Mark t- Jackson. And, and so... Boston went through those steps. Milwaukee went through those steps. That's typ- You typically don't go from bouncing the first round, winning one game, to the NBA Finals yeah. in back-to-back years. That's generally not how it goes. So I can't say – I'm not going to rule it out, but I can't say that that's the ceiling for them because that would be unrealistic to me. And that's why – well, it, and to think even bigger picture here, that's why signing Donovan Mitchell to some sort of a deal. Like if you were to get – and hey, some things have broken your way. I get that. But if you were to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and say you lose in six games to Boston, which would be, you know, that, that'd be fine. I would, I would look at this as a, as a successful season. If you lost in six games to Boston, then I'd have to go, all right, we've done a ton of winning here. Yeah. Now let's see if we could put some pen to paper. And if we get to a point where this is just going to be untenable here over the next couple of years, then fine. We can all part as friends. Right. And, and we could, quote, unquote, blow this thing up and move on if we really wanted to. But I, I got to keep something going if they were to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. If they were to lose in the first round – to Philly, to the Knicks, to whoever, then I think it's all on the table. Yeah. But if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, like I got to go, hey, I know you said you want to be in New York, but we're doing some kicking ass here. Well, let's see if we can keep this thing going, buddy. Even if they make it, I, I, I will. I think he should sign here. I think he should stay here. And I know people will be think that I'm like I'm anti Cavs and anti Donovan. That's not it at all. It's not it at all. I think it's a good business decision. For Absolutely, him to stay here. it is. He should stay here, but you don't know what's in his heart. You don't know where he wants to go. I mentioned yesterday, Kawhi Leonard won a championship in Toronto and left anyway True. and went home and went to LA. So you don't know what a guy's true, what he wants, but I think he should sign an extension this summer that then he stays at least through next year. Mm-hmm. So you have definitely one more year with him and then you can worry about it after that, but it buys you more time. At least I think it's the best decision for all parties involved, but if they lose in the first round, Oh boy, that's going to be a hard sell to him and people are getting fired. Mitch Spinell presents Mitch Please at 940. There's people who don't know Mitch's last name, so I wanted to make sure. There's some people who thought it was just Please. So I want to make sure that Mitch's last name is there. Mitch Spinell presents Mitch Please at 940. Up next, is there one current Browns starter after all these coaching hires who better watch his back? I'm going to get that answer from Mary Kay Cabot next on The Fan. We'll talk more about this coming up here in a bit, but we want to talk to Mary Kay Cabot because the Browns made some hirings. And Mary Kay Cabot joins us live from fabulous Las Vegas.
And she's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hello, Mary Kay. Hey, how are you guys? Thank you very much for joining us. Have we you know been to a- bed yet? Oh. Have you been in the casino Go tables right all on night? Ahead. No casino time for me yet. Yet. Mary ah, Kay, I like that you don't strike me as much of a gambler. No, I'm really not. I, I'm really not. I, I enjoy Vegas, but not necessarily for the gambling. I can see that. Mary Kay Cabot joining us here on the show. The Browns have hired Andy Dickerson as their new offensive line coach. Let me start with this. Could Jed Will's days as a starter be numbered? Well, you know, they'll have to see. I mean, first of all, Jack Conklin should be coming back off of a knee injury as well. And, you know, so you have three bona fide starting tackles. They're just going to have to figure out how that's all going to shake out. But the Browns like Jed Wills a lot more than it seems like the fans do. And I think they feel like he made strides last year. And, you know, they're just going to have to see how that goes as they move forward. Hindsight's great. And when Dickerson was announced, it was like, of course it's Andy Dickerson. That's why they're interviewing him for the OC job. Do you think that this was a uh, premeditated interview early on, knowing that this was a possibility that they were going to lose Bill? Well, yeah, I think so. I'm sure it had something to do with it. You know, bring him in as a bona fide OC candidate, also knowing that uh, he might be able to fill another role for you. A lot of times they'll identify guys that they really like, and if it doesn't work out at one spot, it might work out at another. So I'm sure they probably had to have that in the back of their minds. Mary Kay, obviously a lot of conversation has been about calling plays. Do you have a gut feeling right now who you think would? I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I think it's been beaten to death. But, I mean, we only get you one day a week. I got to ask you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Kevin for right now. I'm going to say Kevin. I wrote a column about it the other day. And I outlined all the reasons why I feel like it should be him. And, it, you know, if you read that, I think it would seem to make sense to anybody who read it, who reads that, that that's how it needs to go. That doesn't mean it will end up going that way. Maybe they have it in their minds that, you know, Kevin needs to just oversee the whole operation and let someone else call the, call the plays. But I don't think that should happen this year. I haven't asked you about Nick Chubb in a while. He's on the books for $16 million. I don't think he's getting that. Do you think that there's common ground where they can find some sort of uh, piece on both sides to get something done, maybe an incentive-related deal to get him back here? I think so. I know they're going to work hard to make that happen. Uh, you certainly don't want things ending with Nick Chubb on any kind of a bad note, not at all team uh in so many ways he's the face of this franchise or has been for so many years and they're going to work really hard to make sure that they come up with something that works for them and that works for nick and i i would think uh that with him coming off such a, a major knee surgery that he would definitely be open to as you mentioned an incentive laden laden contract or something along those lines so the awards are tonight. The NFL honors are tonight. Uh, you have Jim Schwartz, who's up for assistant of the year, Kevin Stefanski for coach of the year, Joe Flacco for comeback player of the year, Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year. Out of those four, who's likely to get some, some hardware tonight? Well, I really think that uh, Miles and Kevin, there's so much support for them uh, to win defensive player of the year and coach of the year. You know, you could just see it, you know, in terms of what happened with some of the other awards uh, AP first team all pro miles got the most votes for that. It's the same voters, same 50 voters for player of the year. So I really think that those two guys have plenty of momentum for, for those awards, but 
you know, I just wouldn't rule out the other guys either. I mean, both of them, uh, you can make a strong case for both. If Kevin wins a second Coach of the Year award, what does that do to a, a contract extension in terms of the numbers? I would think that would elevate the price quite a bit. And you want to come to the the bargaining table with with two uh, coach of the years on your resume? There's no question about that. But uh, he was going to get that extension anyways, even if he didn't win, or even if he doesn't win, he's getting that extension, and it should be coming, you know, fairly soon. So, um, you know, it's it's good for him, but I I don't think it'll be a, a life changing award per se. Mary Kay Cabot joining us here on the show. Is there a with Miles Garrett, it seems like more and more he's going to be able to get this award. I'm actually talking myself into it. I didn't think there was going to be a chance. Uh, I am reading a couple people in Pittsburgh. They're talking about the narrative surrounding Miles Garrett. Does it feel like it's his turn? Is it? Does it feel like, hey, it's just it's his time to get the award here? Yes, it really does feel like uh, it's it's his turn, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that T.J. Watt and and J.J. Watt are not going to be very all because TJ led the league in sacks and he also had four forced fumbles like miles and he had eight passes defense and he scored a touchdown and you know, he had a, a phenomenal season and he finished strong. So I think they're, you know, they're probably not going to be too thrilled with it. The Steelers aren't going to be happy with it. Steelers fans are not going to be happy if miles wins. Uh, but I do think that it just seems like the voters were ready to, to give this one to miles. One more on the play calling. Andrew Barry is so calculated with everything that he says. I thought it was interesting that he wanted on. I, I felt like he wanted on the record. He went out of his way to say he felt like one of Kevin's greatest strengths was play calling. Did that stick out to you at all, or am I making too much of that? No, he's consistently said that, and he repeated it at his uh, wrap-up press conference. So he's always felt that way about Kevin, so I'm not really surprised about that. Um, but I think that, you know, that also means that he's under strong consideration to do it again. Mary Kay Cabot joining us here on the show. What's the future for Amari Cooper from what you're hearing from anybody at, at the Super Bowl? I mean, is, is there a restructure going on? What, what, what could we see? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't think necessarily that they have to do that okay. uh, because the, as the years go by, that $24 million cap hit for a receiver of his caliber uh, starts to look not so bad. If you, you know, you look at some of the top receivers and they're in the thirties. So, you know, they probably would end up restructuring him just to create some more cap space with so many guys uh, with big, big numbers this year, but it's not, there's no super sense of urgency to get that done. Who'd you vote for, for the hall of fame? Oh my gosh! You know I'm not. I, I you know I'm not serious. You know I'm not Hi. serious, Mary Kay. Goodness gracious! Uh, what what was what is the what is it like? What is the uh, what is the experience like voting for that? It's great. It's it's a tremendous honor. It's uh, it's a long, long day. It's a long process, and it's a huge responsibility. So, uh, you know, it's it's really amazing to be a part of that. And I was thinking, you know, today, if, if Miles does win this NFL Defensive Player of the Year award, there could be some time in the not-too-distant future, of course, five years after he would be done. Of course. Um, when, you know, when I could be 
in there deliberating on miles. It really, really helps to have an NFL defensive player of the year award on your resume. So, um, you know, so he could be amongst uh, amongst the players that we're voting on. This is all very weird because it's like there's this big fight between Browns and Steelers fans between TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. And I'm like, well, they're both probably going to just be first ballot Hall of Famers. It's just when they retire. I think it'd be kind of odd if they ended up going into the Hall of Fame together in the same class. But I, I do want to ask you, though, about the Kelseys. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey spoke about Miles today. If this is Travis's last game in the NFL, is there a possibility Travis and Jason Kelsey could be in the same Hall of Fame class? Uh, yes, yes, there is there is a possibility of that. Um, Travis is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I asked Travis yesterday if if he was done, and he he wouldn't he wouldn't give that up. Um, you know, he just said that. You know he's got one more game, and he thinks he would it would be silly for him to give it up when he still loves the game so much. So he, you know, he started down that road of maybe you know maybe I've got this one more game, and then he kind of dialed it back and said, you know, I love the game too much. Uh, so I I don't think that he is is ready to to hang it up yet. You have to re- really be ready to do that. You don't want to have regrets that you left too early. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes, but it's certainly possible. Mary Kay, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy Las Vegas. Enjoy everything. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks. Mary Kay Cabot on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. It will be offered live. Call to chef's table, if you will. Jason Lloyd in for Anthony Lima. Jason is a mover and a shaker. He's a hustler, baby. So you know a little bit about the stadium stuff. A little bit. If you're just joining us this morning, the Browns, or excuse me, the Haslams, have bought 176 acres of land. Reportedly. Reportedly have bought 176 acres of land between 71 and the highway in Brook Park where the Ford plant. The Ford plant, yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people are going, ooh, that's spicy. Uh, I would say, I'm guessing, I don't know much. One, wherever they put it, let's put a roof on the thing and just be done with it. Second of all, uh, mm, I think this is probably to get the, because I said, I said before, like, you guys had this big press conference together to announce this concert. I go, well, I, I think they kind of wanted to show you, brother, they were working together on something. And the other thing is, is I do think that this is to get the city to come to the table yes. with something a little bit different now. Because I the, the renovation of the stadium, I don't know if I necessarily before that, but we can talk about that over a period of time because this is going to happen a lot later than tomorrow. That stadium is a pig, and there's not enough lipstick in the world okay. to fix it. Okay, let's come on. It's a fair enough stadium. However, it probably would need replacing there. I'd like to see the stadium. Personally, I'd like to see the stadium stay downtown. Uh, I They can do what they want with 176 acres, obviously. They can build a stadium, 176 acres. Daryl has sent us some text. Daryl is on this right now, 92.3 The Fan Bronze Beat Reporter. Uh, he's, he's responded to several tweets because people are like, well, it's a little close to the airport. He states that SoFi Stadium is very close to LAX. Is that true? SoFi's in Inglewood. I that's what he wrote. I don't know where LAX is. I've never again. I've never no, been further no, no. west than Kansas City. No, SoFi is not anywhere near. It's LAX. not. It's not near an airport. No, it's in Inglewood. It, it's by the old Forum. It's by the old. Uh, it's about four West. miles away, 13 minutes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not that far away. My oh, God. In LA, but traffic. if you're looking at planes going over, probably four miles is. Yeah. <laughs> Ingle- We're talking about a thousand feet or four miles. Yeah. So a thousand feet is obviously a lot closer. It's basically that would be the site next to it. Yeah. So you'd have to build it low, and you'd have to put it 
definitely way down deep into the into the dirt, wherever that would be. Uh, and it is a it is a bargaining chip because you could do. And Andy came in here and talked about the Bears, and you could just sit on the land if you wanted to, which is perfectly well within which, their right. If if reportedly they bought this land, it's theirs. They can do what they want with it. It is interesting that they're they're renovating the airport right now. I think they're yeah. putting two billion into the airport or something. It's a, it's a crazy number. Yeah. And with that, that's also going to come probably some rerouting of the way that you get into the airport and things like that. Yeah. And when you're rerouting those roads, putting a stadium down there, <laughs> you know, if you're if that's in mind, uh, this would be a time to do that because you, you know, two two birds, one stone, as you like to say, Ken. Mm-hmm. It would it would get to me and like listen, I'm not a master economist over here or anything like that, but it's like, hey, you, you've lost population, you need business. It uh, does bring in business. Now, one of the major criticisms is it's been eight to nine dates a year and then a couple of concerts, and that's it, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible uh, misuse of all the dates. Terrible. And that's part of the reason where it's like, hey, why don't you just tear the thing down, put a, put one up with a roof on it, and call it a day so we can have a little bit more than what we had already here. Because, I mean, basically, they seem to use Lucas Oil Stadium every single day of the year for some sort of an event over there. It's also attached to the convention center. And it's also attached to the convention center. Which the IX Center is not very far from what we're talking about. Oh, okay. What are you implying then? I'm actually not because I'm I. It is close, but I don't know that you could do what Indy's doing. I don't I don't have the geography laid out in my head. This is Jimmy now holds the hammer with the city, and I think the Browns have been frustrated in the past that they haven't been able to get the city's attention, and the city's busy with other things. It's not the Browns aren't a priority. There's just other issues at City Hall that they think are more important. And on this... That can be understandable as well. I can see it it both sides. But I've talked to people who have been involved with these stadium-type projects, and they said the time to do this is now. You don't wait to the last minute. You get going on this now. The lease is up, what, 28? Mm -hmm. So you need to have a plan in place. You need to have something going. So this... But this is a hammer to hold to say, if you don't play ball, we'll just go here. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the stadium has to go there because he could sit on that land, he could sell that land, he could develop it into something else. It doesn't have to be a stadium. But obviously, obviously, it can turn into a stadium. But you still have to get you have to get it on the ballot, you have to pass it, and you have to pay for it. Because I don't believe that Jimmy Haslam is going to pay for the whole thing out of pocket. I don't believe that. He'll have to pay for half. The going rate for these things is half. you got to put up half. Two one six four seven four double zero. Now Stan Cranky did pay for the whole thing, and at SoFi he paid for the whole thing. And the benefit to that is nobody can tell you what to do. You're in charge. And when you don't have public funding involved, there are no rules in terms of anything. Like it's your own private little thing over there. So there is a benefit to that. There is a benefit to but it. But I will say, last year at the owners' meetings, he was asked. Jimmy was asked point blank about putting a roof on a new stadium. And Jimmy said, half jokingly, but mostly serious, well, who's going to pay for it? So that tells me he doesn't necessarily want to write the check for the whole thing. But to build a new stadium, especially in this city, he's going to have to put up a substantial could, amount of money. All right, real quick, what could Brook Park do? Because it would be in Brook Park. What could Brook Park do to grease the rail then? Tax breaks. Okay. Ta- always Because if it were built by him and that's everything – there still would be some taxes involved sure. on this. Yeah. So there would be the incentive to then. We got to make sure that's out there because my whole thing of it was when people were saying, well, to hell with it, they can build their own stadium downtown. I go, well, I don't think if I was one of the members of one of the umpteen members of city council we have here and I was the mayor, I would necessarily want a private building that size where they could do whatever they wanted to and all they had to do was pay tax on the land. 
I don't think I would necessarily want that. I would want a piece of what is coming in and coming out. I, I don't know if that would be the best thing for the future. Well, we're a long ways from that. But also, True. one other thing worth mentioning all this, I don't think these are connected. I don't think these are connected. I don't think these are connected. But Cleveland is also trying to bring women's soccer here, and they will need a place to play. And they're not going to play in a football stadium. No. So they will need another type of structure. Could you use that as a multi-use type of thing? Yes. Well, that would be obviously a lot smaller then, wouldn't it? Significantly smaller. Yes. What would you use other than the women's soccer to put in there? Paralympics. Would it be an outdoor or indoor facility? Outdoor. Outdoor facility. You could bring the Paralympics. You could bring uh, comedians. You could bring like a a nice, tight 10,000-seat venue somewhere else in the city. David Gilbert's really good at what he's doing, so... Could he, he? I'm saying, would he, he be here? He would. He would. And he would fill love, it up. He would fill that thing up. Okay. So there's a lot of balls in the air right now. Is what I'm saying. All right. There's a lot of people getting in. I'm sure you can get in during Baskin and Phelps. Ten fifteen. Got the podcast coming up live. Daryl's going to be on with them as well to talk about this. Ninety two three the fan. Ninety two three the fan coming up tomorrow. Spencer German potato salad will join me. We will do the show from six to ten. It will be a good show. Make sure you are listening. Does Spencer have any grenades that he plans on bringing? They're not as big as Lloyd's grenades. Lord Almighty. I already have the microphone off and the headphones You've off. You've woken up the sleeping giant that is Jason Lloyd. For Big Country, for Jeff, for Double Blah! For Big Country, for Jeff, for Mitch. For the Slippery Wizard, Anthony Lima. Didn't put my feet on the table. For Jason. Wow, congratulations. You did a full day's work. Well done. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Hey, sounds good. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 